Welcome to episode 2 of Meeting of the Gold Mines. Special thanks to everyone who listened to our debut episode that dropped last week. We salute you. Not because you listened to the podcast. Because you are actually able to find a fucking episode. Not sure what's going to be our downfall. Getting cancelled for saying inappropriate shit. Or the fucking algorithms that makes our podcast impossible to find. But who knows and who cares? We're here now. And if you're hearing my voice, then you are too. There's a lot of other liquor-related podcasts that you can listen to. But how many podcasts are going to talk about stats and eating ass? How many times will you ever hear in about the beauty of Dennis Rodman's legs or why Cool Runnings is the greatest sports movie ever made? Think about it. You know how difficult it would be to get a group of Jamaicans to play in snow? But nonetheless, like the late, great Dr. Buss used to say during strip poker at the Playboy Mansion. It's showtime, motherfuckers. So, you know, last week I started off talking about, you know, I would rather eat ass instead of bun and cheese. Now, I guess I must have been on to something because... You know, you know that Americans have stole bun and they have their own version of bun and cheese. KB, did you see it on Twitter? The bun and cheese? The 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 American version of bun and cheese? No, nah, what is that? <laughs> so it's a, so I I showed you what the Jamaican version of bun and cheese was, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So the American version now is literally like a honey bun, right? With like a slice of cheddar cheese. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, that my God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. That oh, is not even. Disgusting. I guess it's equivalent. Not really. Bun is sweet, mm-hmm. but it's not sweet like a honey bun. Oh, my it's God. It's a honey bun. It's a honey bun with a slice of American cheese. Look, I'm all for, you know, uh, Americans, like, you know, stealing shit from Jamaicans. Mm-hmm. But the bun and cheese, like, you don't you didn't need to you didn't need to you didn't need to steal that one try you, to recreate that right don't, no disrespect don't recreate. not even i can't we can't do we can't be disrespecting culture like that bro, bro. so like, I don't, <laughs> you took it too far nah. first y'all putting grapes and potato salad and shit now this you took it too far mm-mm, mm-mm. but you know what uh we're not eating ass we're not uh eating bun and cheese but yeah, by the way, I, Rebel, I'm not Jamaican. I have extended Jamaican family. I I eat mm-hmm. a lot of Jamaican cuisine. Butter mm-hmm. cheese has never been my favorite at all. No, nope. thank hey, you. Like, I keep thank you. I finally, on finally another boat. one. <laughs> finally another. <laughs> and I don't like curry that much either. That's not hey, my preference see, either. There you go. There you <laughs> see, no, no, no. So look, this is the thing. I'll try butter and cheese. I'm willing to try it because then was like it's bad, disgusting. Though. Yeah. Oh well, I'm not gonna say it's disgusting, but it's just yeah. I don't I care fucking for it. With, at all. I ain't fucking with it. <laughs> I ain't fucking with it ever. <laughs> but you know what? Bad, bro. <laughs> hey, but one thing I am fucking with is welcoming you to episode two of the meeting of the gold mines. Um, I am born rebel, aka Zen. I am at Rebel He Is on Twitter. Um, I got one of my co. Purple and Gold Mines brothers uh, with me. We don't have the whole crew here, but we do have one of our PGM sisters contributors, uh, Tone. How are you? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, Tone? How are you? How you doing? Chilling, chilling, chilling. 
What's on your purple and gold line? That's that's at at T one O two N's three A's four Y's on any platform. I think most. Can you say that again, please? One T one O two N's three A's four Y's. Like I said, on any platform doesn't mean I'm actually on that platform or consistently on it, but you might be able to find me. PSN, gamer tags, Facebook, all that good shit. I'm there. Tony. That is three, one, two, three, four. <laughs> but you know what? I don't we don't have the entire purple and gold mines crew today, but I do got my coach, uh, my purple and gold mine brother, KB. He is at KB Brown 222. Actually, it's KBBRWN22 on Twitter. What's up, brother? How's everything been? I know you've been coaching, man. Um, how's how's your players? How you doing? What's on your purple and gold mind? Man, I am tired. Um, it's been a long weekend, and we had a good tournament, actually, to be honest. Ninth grade went 0-3. Um, you know, it's kind of hard Damn. finding kids who love the game of basketball, especially really right there in ninth grade. It kind of starts, like, when you're – like a little bit younger, but yeah, uh, yeah, we didn't win uh, for the ninth grade, but sixth grade went three and zero. That was a good experience for them. And uh, now, can your sixth up. graders beat your ninth graders? Oh man, embarrassing to say, probably. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the passion. It's, it's changed. Like the kids nowadays, they don't really like. Like I, we had this conversation before, Zen. Like you have to want that hunger. You have to yeah. want to win. You have to want to get better every single season. This generation doesn't want it unless they already got it. You know what I mean? So it's just uh, it's it's a lot different. But all all in all, we're getting close to the end of the season, so we can start doing some more recordings. I can get back to doing things with my PGM brothers, and uh, you know, and just get back to doing what we do. So glad yeah, to that. Congratulations to you and your little ones for sure. Appreciate That's awesome. you. Appreciate well, you. You know, one thing that we did do last week was, um, you know, um, debut our podcast. Uh, you know, we have. We have what ninety four episodes of uh, our daytime lake show on Twitter, Twitter Spaces, um, in the canon. But the podcast is something that you know we've we've been waiting for the right time, and you know we uh, did recorded last week. We had the whole crew, you know. But Poppy Chulo, Mister Tony Vega, yeah, uh, the ball, ball mojito. He's on Daddy Dewey duty. So is um, King. Alan, he's been working his ass off, so he's uh, you know his schedule's limited, but but you know that's the, that's a, there you go. That hey, that's the cool thing about having you know the strength in numbers. That you know what we we always keep it moving, but uh, yeah, we got our podcast available, um, you know, on all major platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um. Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, YouTube, the list goes on and on. Been getting great feedback. Um, so awesome. yeah. Welcome to episode two. But uh it's been a we it's been an interesting week. It's been a nice, it's been a you know, it's been a week uh in Lakerland. You know, it's off season, you know, but uh some interesting things happen. Uh we're recording this. It is now what eleven twenty uh West Coast time. Uh, 11 20 p.m. Um, a couple of hours ago, we uh just finished watching um the Lakers' last summer league game, and guess what? We did something that we have not done in a long ass time. We beat the Clippers. 
We finally <laughs> beat the Clippers. Like it's something that there was a period of time that we forgot how to do it, but we beat the Clippers. So now, would we want those wins to come between October and June? Yes, but hey, I'll take a July beatdown. You know, well, we won by what two? But one point, we won by one, one point. point. Yeah, um, but. It's been an interesting summer league. Um, KB, I want to start with you, man. Um, throughout the what the four, what five games of summer league, who stood out most to you? The person that stood out the most to me, I can't even front, has been Demoy Hard. He's been doing his thing. <gasps> not been, Maxi, not Max Christie. The reason why is because we know what Max Christie had coming in, what he had to work on, and sure. we've seen that the first two games. A newcomer coming onto the scene for the Lakers True. was Demoy Hodge. The person that does the, deserve probably MVP from what he's done before he actually hit, got a hip string is Max yeah. Christie. Don't get it wrong. He's worked on everything he's supposed to do, and he, I think he's already proven that he needs to get some minutes. And we'll see what he can do on the pre- Okay, Tone. He did go out a little bit. But um, let's, let me rolling. tell you a little bit about uh, Demoy Hodge. So he played for uh, – Cleveland State, Missouri, and the State College of Florida, whatever that means. He's on a two-way contract currently for South Bay, uh, G League South Bay Lakers. Um, tonight, let's see what Demoy did. Tonight, 7-13 from the floor, 7-11 from the three-point line, seven threes. And you know we need us some shooters, Rebel. Is we never go wrong with having some space and some good shooters. Two for two from the free throw line, five rebounds, three assists, five steals, a plus nine, uh, and the plus and minus, and overall 23 points. A lot of people have been really high on him. Um, I even seen a couple of quotes or tweets from a couple of our uh, normal Lakers, you know, Lakers Nation fandoms mm-hmm. on Twitter, basically saying that, hey, instead of trying to go search through hell and high water or creep on um, the buy it market um, towards the ending of the regular season. If you want a guy who can, who you want, who you can sign for the 14th spot, if we really can't get that center we're looking for, Des Moines should be first on the list. Um, a lot of people are high on his defense um, on, like I said, his three point shooting as he proved to us tonight going seven 11 from three. Um, and like I said, we could never go wrong with spacing and a LeBron led team can never go wrong with spacing and um, a shooter. I'm just sad. He is not a five, but he is um, a pretty big guard. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's about like what? Six, four, um, uh, six, four, six, four, six, four, you know, long arms. Um, what would you say? KB, a decent perimeter defender. When I tell you this, Tony, and you'll probably be able to relate. When I say KCP's twin, that's KT, that's KCP's <laughs> twin. And allegedly Basically. he models his game after Contavious. Exactly. And he's been doing it since Cleveland State and Missouri. It's a shame that he went out how he did um, because of the team he had <laughs> well, in the NCAA tournament. But we he's don't been know. proving what he is. We don't know if he models his game after KCP. Because no, I think our, he, well, he's quoted saying that. If I'm not well, our brother, our PGM brother, Mr. Tony Vega, <laughs> asked him that question in the Twitter space. Oh. And within three seconds – Got removed from the space. That was cold. That was cold. <laughs> Ice cold. Yeah, it happened quick too. Broke the man's heart. Broke the man's heart. That's so, green as fuck. He said, you know, is it like I guess he was asking him, like, you know, is it true that you modeled your game after KCP? And 
Tony got kicked out of space. Now that's we, green. Now Tony is a, a, a rude, disrespectful. If anyone that knows Tony Vega, he is just the opposite of decency. So I get it, <laughs> but it's just like okay, maybe maybe there's no truth to that. But it probably did sound like a troll. It probably did. Like maybe knowing Tony, knowing Tony. But there is another. We talk about spacing. We talk about shooting. There is another shooter. That he did have a good game tonight. Shooter. Maybe, maybe, maybe he heard everything that we said. Maybe he heard. Maybe he. May, maybe he was getting Ooh, emails about, about you know about well maybe he got too many welcome to Taiwan emails, <laughs> but this is KB's guy. You know now they did give him a nickname tonight on 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 you know on ESPN on the, the broadcast. Broad- they did call him you know Swider Man. Bro, that is not okay. Look, 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 look. Out of everything that happened in, in summer league, the most the person I'm most disappointed with is Cole Swider because he had so much that he needed to work on and he did not. We know he can shoot, but with the Lakers, you need to be more than just a shooter. You need to be able to play defense. And being six nine, you can't shoot and you can't de- play defense or rebound. There's a problem with that. So with that, I understand. I think uh, the ball mojito, uh, Mr. Tony Vega, has always let me know that he's been out with a foot injury. Only so much can be said. So if we do keep him on and he doesn't improve next year, he needs to be cut. Because I honestly think Alex Fudge is one of those raw prospects you can mold into something, and I would love for us to probably keep him. Well, I will say this. Between his nickname, first of all, Spider-Man – has been taking it's been a rough week for Spider-Man. First, oh my god. First you got Tom Holland taking back. Oh shots. no. And then now oh now Cole Swider. Cole, yes. And now Cole Swider. <laughs> he's getting the nickname Spider-Man. I'm just saying that folks, if that if Swider if Spider-Man is your superhero, you might want to uh choose a different one. You might want right. to go to Wolverine. <laughs> but it's just been a Hold rough on, week. Is for that- was that true? Was that was that story true about Tom Holland though? Yeah, but you guys, you guys have to give okay, him grace. Story is, he's expanding he's just... his range as an actor. <laughs> oh lord! Hold on, oh, man. That's so it's true. It's is art. That true? It's, it's art. art. Okay. He's, yeah, he's in a movie. Yeah, he's in. A, yeah, he's in a movie, and uh, you know, he's you know, he's just uh, he's uh, like you know, like I said, he's uh, he's the one getting covered in uh in uh you know web. In the web, so in web, okay, <laughs> yeah. we'll leave it there. <laughs> yes, yes, um, he's the one getting covered Ba-doom. in web. Yeah, yeah exactly. Dead. But yeah, so uh, moving on, moving all, on. Shout out to all the Deadpool <laughs> and Wolverine fans. Um, but 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 so KB, let me ask you with with uh, with Cole, what do we do with him? Is is he a, is he going to be another two way player? Is he just going to get designated to the G League? Does does is it a point? Are we at a point where we say, work on your skills? We're going to monitor you. Go to Taiwan. Go to Australia, because it seems because now tonight, tonight he shot well. Tonight he played well. Like yes. you know he shot well, but the rest of the the rest of the summer league's been rough. What do we do with them? Um, this is where I'm at with Cole Slider. Um, I will go ahead and, you know, bypass that last year since Tony always lets us know that it was a foot injury that kept him out majority of the year. Um, if we do keep him on, 
the times where we bring him up, when he shoots, he better be lights out. He better defend at a high rate. He better rebound at a high rate. Because if he doesn't, there's somebody by the name of DeMoy Hodge that's calling his name to replace him. So I think if he doesn't have – I'll say this now. If Cole Swider is not a lock to make the main roster next year, he needs to be gone. He needs and when you say next gone. year, you're talking about after this upcoming season. After this upcoming season because Tony says he needs a full season to play through and, get, and be able to get better. So I do – do I think the Lakers will keep him on? Yes. So if they do, this you have this whole entire season and then next summer league to prove to us what you can be or what you can do. But I know he needs to be a lot more than a shooter. So as of now, if he can't make the main roster, he needs to be gone. Because I think this year would mark, what, the year number two you're on the G League? You're a two-way player? So you need right, to do yeah. something. You got to do something. And for those who don't know what Rebel is referring to, tonight's game versus the Clippers and the win versus the Clippers, he shot 7-11 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, 100% from the free throw line. Uh, he was a minus 11 in the plus minus, but did finish the game with 21 points. Okay. All right. Um, let me ask you guys this. Des Moines Hodge. Because what I'm, I'm – Obviously, we're not going to go through the entire G League. Uh, I mean, the entire Summer League roster. Like, there's some names that stood out. So I'm just trying to see. Um, Demoye Hodge, is, is he a two-way? Yes. Yes. He earned a two-way. Okay. So he's not So he's not going to be a – so he's not G League. Because how many two-way two contracts – how, mm-hmm. two, how many two-way contracts can we have? Two? We can have three, up to total of three, but we have to fill that 14th roster spot. Okay, so you're giving Demoy Hodge one of your two ways. Yeah, here he has it. Him and Castleton okay. already have it. Okay, so Castleton has that. That. So who's our three two-way players? It's Cole Slider, Castleton, and Demoy Hodge. Okay, now now let's look at our uh, our players that we just drafted. Um, JHS. And Maxwell Lewis, are they just going to be designated for G League? I think they will because majority of the time they're not going to get through. They will be uh, DMPs um, during regular games. They do have roster spots, but I think they will hone in on their skills for the G League team. So they'll be the main go-to-ers, you know, go-to getters and point makers, you know, point scorers. Um, I can say out of the whole entire summer league, I am disappointed how the, the coaching staff did treat Maxwell Lewis because he has probably one of the highest ceilings on the team. So I'm looking for him to do a lot more in G League. You know, the thing I will say about Maxwell Lewis, and I understand what you're saying about how this coaching staff treated him. I think um, I think Castleton surprised us. Yes. I think Castleton yes. created new, uh, more playing. He, he earned himself more playing time and probably more – more scenarios for him to be evaluated under. So I think maybe some of the priority to evaluate shifted from Maxwell Lewis to Castleson based upon the play. Um, I think with the with those five players, the two th- two way the three two way contract and our two rookies, mm-hmm. I think in a year from now, I think I don't know. I think at least one of them are going to be gone. We don't know who. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be some healthy conference uh competition between that young core. Um, I mean, I, to be honest, I'm just yeah. looking at it. Just looking at it from the outside, looking in. When we got JHS, 
what was everybody's mindset? And Tony, Tony, I want to hear what you're going to say too. What was everybody's mindset when we were thinking about Scotty Pippen Jr. when we drafted JHS? To me, I'll go first. I was like, well, Scotty Pippen Jr. gone. Like once we drafted JHS, I'm like, Scotty Pippen Jr. has no room. Like he's just not going to be there. He's not because he's you not can kind of uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. because he had the, okay. the two way. I was like, he's right. already out the door. So it was like looking right. at that, I'm like, eh, we don't need Scotty Pippen Jr. as of now. So I don't know what you guys think. What did you guys think when that happened? I mean, I never know. Sometimes I don't really understand the mindset, I guess, um, organization wise Mm -hmm. with drafting. I don't know if we just draft, you know, for our needs. Do we just draft based on maybe the uh, projection, you know, we have going into the future? But I, in my mind, we didn't need another card. Even the rhetoric around town is just like, okay, well, we have so much depth. We even have JHS. And my mind is like, let's be serious, you guys. This kid is not going to get any minutes, especially now with having a depth of Gabe, um, Max, um, Austin, D'Lo. And the worst case scenario, you're looking at Point Braun. Or I don't know, Ham is going to find, Ham and uh, Rob is just going to find some other alternative. But I highly doubt it's going to be this, you know, freshman you know, coming out of college, but I, I'm with you. I think he is uh, the maybe Scotty uh, Pimpin Jr. replacement, but I don't see him getting that two way. I don't see him getting any rotational minutes. You know, within the regular season this year. Right, right, and I okay. agree. I don't see that happening either. What about you, uh, Zen? Well, you know, I was always against the draft picks. <laughs> I was always against. It. Yeah, I was just like, yeah. look, uh, they're not. It's we're in a win now mode. Exactly. We got, a, we got a guy who's about to be 39, um, and who also openly said that, you know, if the opportunity, if there was an opportunity for him to be on the same squad as his son, he will take it, which, take I, it. Per, which I personally think would be the greatest story in the history of uh, sports. But um, so it's just like, how can these guys help us now? So, and now we have the conversation to see how crowded. G League, two-way players, you know, rookies, how crowded that, that field is. It makes you wonder that, man, um, are we setting up guys like a Cole Swider? Because one thing, man, he has a shot. He can shoot. He can't do anything else. But it's just like, are we going to stunt some guy's development by having it so crowded when it comes to who's going to be next up? Um, so we shall see. We shall see, but uh, but overall, how you feeling about like you know just if you had to do a broad stroke, uh, broad you know a broad paintbrush stroke of um, summer league, how you feeling about it? I feel really positive to be honest. I mean, seeing what JHS is capable of and what he has to work on, he already has the the two you know how to change paces at an early age. It's kind of hard to teach a night a nineteen year old to just try. I guess he's twenty, a twenty year old that only have him one year in college. Like, he can go fast and go slow, and he can just, you know, control the pace of the game. Um, the only thing he, honestly, to me, he has to work on is playing on-ball defense and his three-point shot, which I think is developed, you know, just getting more experience in, in reps in the NBA. So, I think really well. I, I'm expecting a lot of the Maxwell Lewis. I do think he'll probably get a little bit of playing time with LeBron James in the AD route. But uh, overall, I think this is probably the first draft class that I can say – that we've drafted well because I didn't know uh, we were going to get Demoy Hodge. I did not know that. Once we got him, I was like, 
yeah, we actually might be onto something. So I kind of like it. Uh, I think as of right now, I give it a solid B B minus. Hmm. I mean, right. we've made a couple questionable decisions, but I can say for the most part, for the small amount of time I've been following the Lakers since LeBron's arrival, your scouting department um, deserves a little bit of kudos. Like they seem to kind of fare well in um, that department uh, as far as draft picks are concerned. Of course, we're still um, a little bit perturbed as to the who was it? I think was it Lonzo over Jason Tatum in that year? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yes, 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 yes. But I mean, other than that, look, you have prospects like Kyle Kuzma, um, Bi, Alex Caruso. The list goes on. You know, like I said, they've been faring well, and um, you know, uh, pretty good, especially. Wait, can't hear you, Tony. Uh oh, Tony went out. Can't hear you. I think she might be up technical difficulties. How about now? Good. Continue. Nope. Continue. So, but yeah, I'm with KB. I'm just excited. It, it's cool to see um this young talent, um, especially with Des Moines. Um, again, being a three and D guy, which is actually a Son of a... Uh, can't hear you. Well, this is what happens when you tell lies, folks. Your mic goes out. <laughs> can't hear you, Tony. Well, you know what? While Tony figures out her mic, look, here's something else that, you know, um, like we're recording this Sunday night, so something that Got a lot of folks in Lakerland excited about uh, KB um, on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. It was formally announced that LeBron is going back to number 23. And, you know, what's funny about like LeBron and these numbers. I look at LeBron like 23 is... 23 is like, yo, can you guys hear me? You're good. All right. So now another, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, last thing I heard was you were just saying 23 about LeBron. So 23. So LeBron with 23. 23 to me with LeBron is like that girlfriend that he keeps dumping and like he keeps like just like treating her like trash and then he keeps leaving her and then she just keeps taking him back it's like come on man pick pick a number pick a number let it stick like he like he has like no respect lebron has no respect for 23 she and she just keeps taking him back over and over again. <laughs> and like six is the side piece. You know, six is the one that is just like, hey, yo. She, okay, guys. Like you For are anyone who's so wrong. Exactly. For anyone who is listening, let's provide a context here. Allegedly, LeBron is going back to 23 out of respect for Bill Russell. He originally switched from 23 to six 
to give AD the opportunity to wear 23, which is what he promised him in his first season coming. But something happened with, um, I believe it was with Nike, who already produced all the um, jerseys and didn't um, it didn't give AD the opportunity to capitalize on that. And again, six is reminiscent of his time in Miami as well. But everyone respectively retired the number six jersey in honor of Bill Russell's passing, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he played and finished out the season with that jersey number and decided had to go back to 23 again out of respect for Bill. Don't listen to Rebel, who's just a jackass. Yeah, but well, he um, just, it's he, fun every time. He gives, he's just like, you like, hey, you know, just hey, what's up? I, I've changed. I'm I've changed. I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Today. You know, but but well, let no. me ask you. Yeah, go ahead. I was Amy. gonna say. I was gonna say. Just to be honest, Tony, the reason why I think a lot of people, some people are like, "Why are you changing back so quickly?" is because when they said he can be grandfathered in by keeping number six, and he fought so hard to switch it, why switch it now? Just because Bill Russell's dead, we they gave you permission to. No disrespect to you know recipes, but Russell. But with all of that fighting you did to change it to six, and you instantly change it back like that with the snap but he's already such a diva this would be such a hard hit to his image if he really keeps this when everyone else retired six on behalf of this man okay but i will but if anything it boosts it bolsters his image even okay but but this is the part there is but i'm gonna tell you there is precedent major league baseball now lebron he's it's been notoriously known he is a yankee a yankee fan He's so he what says. he so he says. Now, <laughs> when the when Major League Baseball announced that they were retiring forty two Jackie Robinson's forty two across the league, it was grandfather same thing. The players who were wearing it grandfather in Mariano Rivera, the greatest closer in the in the history of the league. He wore forty two all the way to his retirement, and he was like, "Hey, I'm going to uphold." that legacy, and then when I retire, I know no one else will, will wear it. LeBron could have easily kept six, and no one would have said anything. Going back to 23, it's, uh, you know, to me, it's just like, okay. Um, now, it, it was just like, whatever. Now, I will say this. There are a lot of, and Tone, I'm hoping you're not one of them, but if you are, so be it. There are some folks who are saying, that he should get 23 and 6 retired by the Lakers. Nope. What do you say? No. Okay. Know. Can't do it. Thank you. Thank you. That um that I'm glad because look. Now, to the folks that are saying that oh he should get both numbers retired, I I say that's bullshit because look. Kobe, God rest his soul, he has both. He has 24 and he has eight retired. He's a Lakers um, legend. He's a Lakers legend. But also, as a Laker, Kobe has had a Hall of Fame career wearing each number. One number, he won um, three championships. Uh, the And he had, what, like six, 15,000 points. The other number, he won an MVP, two more championships, and had another, like, 16 17,000 points and changed his mindset completely to a leader. Exactly. So he had hall of fame careers in each of the numbers. Exactly. So with LeBron, it's like, look, LeBron is going to get, LeBron deserves to get six retired in Miami because he was the best player for four straight years. They went to four straight finals. He won two MVPs. 
They won two titles. He deserves it, hands down. Cleveland, 23. Fat. Obviously. With the Lakers, he I think he deserves to get 23 retired. I don't think they have to do that. Maybe another chip under his belt, yeah, but I'm not pressed to see him get well, another. If they look at it as a body of work, because what LeBron is going to go into year six, they look at a body of work. He averaged over thirty uh, a few a couple of seasons. He he was the best player. He finals MVP, won a championship. Yeah, I would say yeah. It's like you know what, for a period of time, he was the best player on the Lakers that resulted in a championship. Yeah. But Zen, so. we need to we need to take that we need to take a moment because that's the first time I've ever heard a LeBron fan say that there's that that he doesn't necessarily need to get his number retired with the Lakers. So hey, hey, I'm just saying I'm not with the two numbers. I was somewhat like maybe with 23 and what he's done with getting uh, AD to the Lakers and winning the chip. But um, I mean, you know, yeah, I don't the two numbers now. Nah. And there are folks. He doesn't need feel... a statue. He doesn't need his jersey retired. Maybe a, a couple posters in there that never come down. Mural, something. But... That is funny. I just that well, we can all agree, but we can all agree. Like in unison, with if he gets his number retired, we understand why because yeah. of his stature and who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know. I, I feel sorry for the folks who threw away or donated their LeBron twenty three Laker jersey. I know you feel foolish right now. Um, so, but hey, who knows? Don't throw away your number six because, hey, he might decide to, you know, go to see, that other back woman, to, to see that other woman, you know? So it's a, uh, hey, so funny. It's, it's all good. It's all Listen, good. Listen, as long as James is on the back of that jersey, it says James <laughs> on it. I don't give a damn if it's a Cleveland jersey, if it's a six, if it's a 24, if it's whatever he wore in St. Vincent, St. Mary. If it's a James, you know which James I'm referring to mm-hmm. when it's worn. There you go. There you go. But, uh, but yeah. Well, I know we'll be seeing a lot of 23 jerseys um, throughout uh, Lakerland uh, this upcoming season. So, um, but yeah, that's, um, you know, fun times. Fun times in uh, Lakerland. Uh, make sure you order that jersey. Um, but look, we got a we got a cool episode for you um, today. We have... Um, we have a pretty dope conversation um, coming up with Mr. Cecil Williams. Um, the conversation is about what's the difference between criticism and hate when it comes to how we discuss athletes. Where's the line drawn? Uh, when do we stop criticizing and then all of a sudden it becomes personal where we're hating? Um, it's a dope conversation. Cecil Williams, um, he's a create, he's a content creator. Um, he's also the cousin of top 75 player of all time, Mr. Russell Westbrook. So we got a dope conversation, um, you know, coming up in a little bit with him. So please um, stay tuned. And that conversation will, will start right after this commercial. So Stay tuned. This commercial is sponsored by Zen's Infused Treat. We ship to all 50 states. The person on this commercial are genuine and not paid by Born Rebel or any of his affiliates. They are not pressured to share their experience. 
or be part of this commercial. For any question, please contact Born Rebel on Twitter. PGM is not responsible for any negative comments, monologue, tweets, or mentions from Zen Infused Treats Incorporated. Hello, everyone. Evan Moore, writer for the Late Night Lake Show here. I'm not only an old head basketball fan, I'm also an old head stoner. I've been in love with Mary Jane for over three decades and a medical card holder for about the past six years. I not only know weed, I live weed. So when I tell you Zen's treats are absolute fire, I know what I'm talking about. Most dispensary edibles are designed to help people sleep, not get people high. Zen's edibles are no joke. They even get a hardcore stoner like me high. I have PTSD and IBS, which makes me an everyday user. Now as an everyday user, the psychedelic effect of weed is very muted. It's practically impossible for me to get too high. I often joked with friends that I'm permanently one toke under the line. Oh, sweet Jesus. Now, it's a problem sometimes, though, because I love watching movies when I'm high. That IMAX countdown intro is the shit when you're nicely toasted. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Now, Zen's edibles are perfect for an old-ass stoner like me. So, you know, all these years of smoking didn't go to waste because now I'm going to help some of you rookies understand how to dose. Dosing is different than smoking because body chemistry can change the effects. Smoking on an empty stomach will give you roughly the same results as smoking on a full stomach. Eating an edible on an empty stomach, on the other hand, is not advisable unless you aren't going anywhere for the next six hours. So unless you're an old pro like me, make sure you eat something else first. Secondly, some things you consume can heighten the effect. Fatty foods help you absorb more THC into your bloodstream, and papaya also contains an enzyme that helps heighten the effects. So just be aware of what you've already eaten before you take them. If you're concerned about getting too high, and if you do end up feeling uncomfortably high, all you have to do is lay down and put on some music. You'll be fine. Don't clog up the emergency room with your paranoias. The medical community is already dealing with enough bullshit as it is. Lastly, start small and be patient. Cut the edible in half, quarters, or even into eight equal pieces to start with. I know it's hard. These edibles are really tasty. Now, the effects usually take an hour to take the full effect. So that's where the patience comes in. Shout out to Zen for making some good shit. His edibles are now my go-to for movies. Eat them with lots of brisket and papaya if you're like me. Weed us day. The weed in my blood recognizes the weed in yours. So one of the things that, you know, happened, I guess you can say, you know, a lot of, a couple things happened this week with LeBron, but one of the things that really stood out with LeBron this week was uh, the SBs, you know, and, you know, with his speech, I thought, you know, he said some things. He said, hey, his supporters, you know, he thanked his supporters, you know, first of all, his family on stage. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. That's the type of black imagery we need more of without a doubt, beautiful family. But one of the things that he spoke about is, hey, um, you know, thank you to my supporters. But he also shouted out his haters. And for a person, you know, he shouted out the folks that hate him. And 
you know, I wanted to have a conversation about this. So, you know, we brought in brothers, you know, joining us right now is on Twitter. He's he's Mr. Cecil Williams on Twitter. You can find him at at the letter C will poetry. That's the letter C will poetry um, on Twitter. Um, He. He has a unique perspective. You know, he's a creative. He works in a creative field. So he's used to, you know, his work being up for, you know, interpretation, criticism, subjectivity. From a sports perspective, he's also related to a top 75 player of all time. And, you know, shit. I, I got, I'm, hey, folks that uh, that listen to the Daytime Lake Show, you guys know I, I made a couple comments about Mr. Westbrook, and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. It's going to be a cool conversation. Um, you know, as we said earlier, we got Tone. We got the Tone with us. Um, she's joining us, as we said earlier. Um, we'll be seeing a lot of Tone as we record new episode. But okay. Cecil, what's up, brother? I've been wanting to have this conversation for a minute, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, uh, it's been a busy summer so far, but for the most part, I'm good. Um, trying to stay cool in California out here. Uh, but other than that, man, I'm I'm great. I'm good. Man, it, look, it's uh, I'm I'm in Vegas. It's what getting reports. It's one seventeen today. Yesterday it was a cool one fourteen. Now it's one seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not enjoying yeah. this heat. But, um, I've been out there a few times the past like three weeks, so I, I'm. I don't oh yeah. Back. <laughs> no, 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 nope, 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 nope. But you know, Cecil, I uh, appreciate you uh, coming on uh, because, like I said, you know, we we spend a lot of time in Twitter Spaces. We spend a lot of time on social media, and you know, the Lakers Twitter, NBA Twitter. Mm-hmm. It can it can definitely. Be a you know it can be many things, but also yeah. it can be a toxic place. It can, and <laughs> yeah, it can be a toxic place, and that's where I wanted to have this conversation. Like, where, like, to you, let me just yeah. start off. First question to you: What's the difference from a, a fan criticizing a player to quote unquote hating? Um, I think for me, uh, really just from my experience, I think being a fan of the game is great. I think being a fan of the game is, is it signifies your, your love for the game. Um, your desire or inspiration to look at the game for what it is and not necessarily, um, look at what was, but you're just, you're a fan of what's happening. Um, you're a fan of of what's going on. You're a fan of um, the present as well. I think the line gets blurry when fans hold players or athletes to a standard that they have created, right? Um, that the person has created, or they hold them to what they have done, good or bad. They hold them to past behaviors past actions, past play, all that stuff. And so for me, I think when you, it turns into like hater territory is now you're, 
you're speaking kind of unrealistic, if you will. Um, and certain expectations, when certain expectations are met to your liking, you certain people tend to now demonize that player or they tend to talk about that player in a way where um I'll say this nicely, it 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 runs away from the reality of what happened <laughs> um during the game. Um I think the, the the one thing that I just and actually I've strayed away from when it comes to conversations and spaces and stuff like that is I've noticed that conversations don't aren't really about what actually happened in the game. It's a it's a conversation that leans towards box scores. It's a conversation that leads towards reputations. It's a conversation that leads towards um, whatever ideology that we have about a said team or said player. And then we create our own synopsis on who that player is on the court. But nobody ever act, like actually breaks down what happened right in front of them. Like, what happened at the game? Like, forget the past game or what you think is going to happen or what they did before or in the past, and that's why they act like this. Like, what happened at that game? And I don't necessarily witness or hear a lot of conversations about, like, the game itself. It's a lot of conversations about top fives, top this, top that. And that's where, like, I, I guess going back to the question of a fan and a hater, that's where that gets mixed up because so many times we have conversations about a player and not necessarily the game itself. And to me, that's where being a fan looks, it looks disinteresting. <laughs> like It just looks like now you're just talking about a player because it's trendy or because you don't really love the game, but you want this one player to prove you right. And that's what I just, I'm just not, I don't got time for. <laughs> you know? I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Tony, what's the difference? Like Tony now. You're a LeBron. You're one of the witnesses. You, LeBron is LeBron is your guy. He is he is what he is the goat in your eyes. Number one, most definitely. Okay, so Tony, why is it that? Like I have. Here's the thing. I said this to some folks when it comes to LeBron, right? I have said, I said, look, this man, I I said this last week in a Twitter space. I said, you know, my issue with uh, some fans, some LeBron fans, you know, stands, they don't like that word. But I said, you know what? I think if you're only looking at LeBron's greatness, strictly from a basketball standpoint, like, first of all, the man has said, that he is more than an athlete. Um, he built, he he has a school, like he has his own school. And then even with the school, that wasn't good enough. He was like, yo, I'm gonna make sure these kids have housing because a lot of them come from low income households or a lot of them are, don't even have a household. And I just think the work that he is doing from a community standpoint building the help building the next generation it's like yo like there's no like it's just he's doing he's doing the lord's work you know um and i recognize that but tony how am i a hater if i say you know what i got lebron at either two or three i got him at two or three 
it's a, uh, I have him be, I have Jordan at one, and to me, it's a toss up between him and Kareem. How, why, why, uh, when, when that is being said, the LeBron's fans like, nah, 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 man, you being a hater. Like, out of the 4,900 players that have played in this league, saying that, yo, you know what, I have them at two or three. Why is that hating? Because it's more like, why can't you see what I see? Um, why can't you have the same mindset that I have to make him number one in your mind, in your, you know, frame of logic? So I'm not going to say we, because I am not a part of that, that club where I just throw the word hater around. You it's like the male beehive. <laughs> the male beehive. <laughs> yeah, it's comparable. It's definitely comparable. But um, I think it's just a versus moment. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to throw the word hater. Hypothetically, I'm going to throw the word hater mm-hmm. out there. If you can't provide context as to why you put all these other people in front of, you know, I don't want to use, misuse any words, but I'm going to say idolize. Again, I'm not in that camp. Right. I idolize nobody but Jesus Christ himself. Right. But, you know, as to why you don't, again, have the same vision that I do as far as my fandom goes. Yeah. And like, okay. Like for me, when it comes to Jordan, right. One of the things that I, that I look at is like, okay. Um, LeBron. Like LeBron, I think LeBron's career and Jordan's career are as different and opposite as any two careers could be. I think you could look at one was like a rocket that, you know, and one was like um, an airplane that went around the world. One stayed in the air for a longer period of time. And the other one um, had, a, um, you know, touched the stars, but wasn't in the air as long. Um, but it's, yeah, it just seems like the word hate um, gets thrown out. Like, mind you, we look at, you know, what, during the uh, playoffs, right? We saw like, um, so we saw a couple of Warrior fans, you know, not going to say any names. This but the, playoff that just passed. This plays. Uh, this playoff that just passed when the Warriors went against the Lakers. Now we're not going to name the person, but you know there was a Warrior fan that you know decided to. Uh, there was one Warrior fan that um, was saying that he he wanted a certain player to get into a car. Him and his wife to die in a car accident. And it was just like wow. Okay. Then you had another, then the popular one was, you know, a warrior fan, you know, um, using, you know, trying to compare the, the referees to the warriors with the George Floyd, you know, they, you know, knees on the neck. And, you know, we have seen, we have seen um, fans in the, in the arenas. We have seen uh, fans online just just be heinous and evil and nasty with death threats with um you know just just saying a whole bunch of foul stuff and now that part there's no excuse for that behavior like because at the end of it it's like yo this is basketball why are you wishing man ill will you know why are you wishing man ill will that's the part i don't understand but I, so we're not I, talking about that extreme of course of course what's up 
Um, I think so. You bring that up, and I'll I'll say this: fans tend to first they showcase who they really are. That's number one. Um, Agreed. In the midst of their conversation, in the midst of their debates, in the midst of you'll see their true colors at some point, right? And combined with that, I am a firm believer in a lot of times fan bases of a player kind of mirror or copy the persona or personality of that player. So, for example, you look at LeBron. He he does deem himself as, I'm one of the greatest ever in the game. He's publicly said that. So you have a fan base now that mirrors that and believes that. So anytime somebody comes against that, you are a hater. You're a hater to them because now they have reflected what LeBron has become and said. You look at Curry fans, for example. Curry has steadily tried to make sure that he puts himself in the conversation of one of the greatest players and not just one of the greatest shooters. Right. You notice Curry fans, anytime you say he's one of the greatest shooters, ironically, they get upset. Yeah. Because they feel he's one of the greatest players. And if he gets five, he's over Jordan. It's over. It's over. It's it's over. So it's, you can even look at Russ fans. Like, Russ has a very dog mentality, like, competitive, take no for an answer. I'm going to go after it. You look at Russ fans, they're the same way. Like they're very determined and very adamant about, no, this is who he is. He's one of the best. Stop disrespecting me. And it's the same persona as a Russ himself. So, 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 see, so let me ask you this yeah, yeah, real quick. Let me ask you this. Do you, so I remember on the podcast, it was the road tripping podcast when, yeah. you know, they had, uh, when LeBron, was with uh, Channing Fry and he was with RJ, uh, Richard Jefferson. And he said, Hey, when we came back from 3 1, that made yeah. me the greatest. Yeah. Now, he also said, which ironically, he also said, uh, and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure if it was in that same podcast interview, but it was right before. He did also say that, Yeah, I'm still chasing that ghost in Chicago. My yeah. my question to uh, <laughs> to you uh, and Antone is: Let me ask you this: If LeBron w- would not have said, "I f- coming back from three one, that made me the greatest," if he would not have said, "I'm the greatest," do you think do you think uh, his uh, fans would have been would would be as gun ho and as ten toes down that hey he's the greatest if he had not said it? Yeah, most definitely. Um, with all due respect, so I don't necessarily agree with the sentiment. And maybe you don't, you didn't mean it necessarily like literally. I don't necessarily agree with the sentiment that um, most fan bases are usually a reflection of the player. I think in general, even as far as our conversation tonight, is just kind of highlighting the negative side. And unfortunately, the negative side is usually conformed of extremists, just like in anything. I don't care if it's politics. If it's sports, mm-hmm. if it's fashion, if it's just the dark side of social media, it's usually the extremist. Um, I think a lot of people already kind of had that rhetoric more so following the media. It's about the um, the stories, the narratives that the media is putting out there. So maybe not his 07 season when he got to the finals, 
But by, you know, maybe 2010, his first championship in Miami, a lot of people are already having that GOAT talk, especially even him um, coming into the league, the next best thing since XX and X. It's going to be the same for Zion, the same for Wemby, the same for, um, I don't know, whatever other name you can throw out there that I can't think of. Um, you know, just so on and so forth of any greats. They're trying to create a narrative that supersedes the last. You're saying his remarks doesn't affect the fans saying what they say now. I don't think it adds any fuel to the fire. I think it's going to be conversation regardless. It was um, prior and it's going to be after. Okay. You know, so a couple of things, because, you, you know, you brought up Russ and I'm going to get there. I'm going to get. I want to get there in a minute because there's a lot there. Um, but I guess one of the things that you said, Cecil, earlier was the unrealistic like expectation or the standard, the standard that a player or that a fan will hold a player to, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a couple of things. It's like, okay, isn't this oftentimes, and, and I, I can speak for myself, so – I have been accused of being the biggest Anthony Davis hater. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's me. That they say, Hey man, you hate AD. And I am, and I have the opposite, like the, I have the opposite feeling. I said, look, here's the thing. Um, like, so in my eyes that it's like, okay. So now when AD got traded, I remember the narrative that was going on in the media, even with Rob Palinka in the front office and all of that. And they, and the logic for making that trade when Anthony Davis came here was we got a player that we can win now with LeBron. Okay. We got a player who as LeBron gets older, mm-hmm. he'll be able to be the number two guy and AD will be the number one guy. And then we got a player in AD that when LeBron retires, he will be the cornerstone player of the franchise. Right. So, so I, so, so a couple of things. I, so when it comes to the AD with the Lakers, I'm like, okay, the cornerstone, like who has ever been the cornerstone players uh, of the Lakers? It's like, okay, you got Jerry West, you got Wilt, Magic, Kareem, Shaq, Kobe. LeBron. I'll say at some point Elgin, but he played with West and Will. Yeah. Who made it hard. <laughs> exactly. 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 I'm I with you on Elgin, that. But he was that, like, he was a dog. But to his he was a dog. He played, with, he played with even, if not, greater players. And so it kind of yeah. him just a little bit. But he was just still a little bit. top of the game. Just a little bit. Absolutely. Um, and I think Elgin gets forgotten because I guess he didn't win the ring. Right. So he gets forgotten. But yeah, like obviously mm-hmm. ultimate legend. But like so it's like when it comes to like the the the, the standard, it's like okay. <laughs> the standard is like okay, AD. Considering that the team mm-hmm. is looking at you to being the next cornerstone player, mm-hmm. is it really unfair to hold them against the standard of the other cornerstone players in the history of the Lakers? I because that's one hell of a In a way, I'll be honest. In a way, I've always thought it was unfair because, in a, in a way, 
I'm not saying all the way because yes, there is a standard that an organization should have. So when you step into the organization, mm-hmm. there should be, and not just like any organization in the league, there should be a an awareness of where you're at, right? In the same breath, when it comes to fans, I've seen where fans will talk about a player, get excited that they're coming or they're on this, they're in this organization and there's a standard expectation. And for and for me, I've always looked at it like, I think we're putting an expectation on what we saw. So for example, AD, he came from New Orleans. We saw what he did mm-hmm. in New Orleans. We got excited for what he did, what he was doing. And we assumed, Laker fans assumed that this man, what he did in New Orleans, with before Boogie and with Boogie, we're going to translate get, here. We're going to get that here in La La Land, and because of that, now there's this this cloud that has been created of expectation. That is what we're going to get. Anything less, it's a disappointment, or we're going to get frustrated, right? And so, I, to me, that's where I think things can go left when it comes to. Uh, on the subject of just fan bases um, is when we don't assess. And again, this, for me, this kind of goes into actual basketball talk. Like, mm-hmm. yes, we see what's happening. Yes. We see what he did, what he performed as in, in latter years or, or past years. Right. But now when you jump into another organization, another, another area, another team, all that stuff. Now you have to assess <clears throat> as a fan, I'm assessing him with this new system, players, fit, all of these intangibles that I feel like sometimes we kind of ignore because we're looking at what he has done and who he is, yes, but you're not marrying that with the reality of what's happening around said player. Okay. So so here's so here's the rebel. Yeah, go ahead. For me, it's like my counterpoint is as opposed to what? exactly what you said to me is just like, I think we would do that in anything at life. Unless it's just brand new built off the floor, unless we're assessing a newborn, what, uh, what else are we basing our expectations or our standards on? Don't get me wrong. I understand some of them may just be realistic. I get that. um, Like Max Kellerman will say, it's like um, my opinion will change as the facts or the information around it changes context. Like I stated earlier, but as opposed to what? I'll give you a, a, a real life um, example. To me, I thought about, as you were speaking, I thought about like a restaurant, especially nowadays. I know most of the time I find my restaurants via like, you know, social media. So they're going to put out their best pictures, their best customer experiences, blah, 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 blase, blase. So when I get there, I have a level of expectations. Like I saw the steak look like this on the internet. Why, when I got here, it doesn't look like that. Why is it pink? Why is there blood running? On the internet, it was crisp. It was fresh. It was, you know, well done. So what is what is this in front of me? What else am I supposed to base my expectation on? Unless it's the grand opening of the restaurant, there's no Yelp reviews. There's no uh, media or marketing. It's just I walked in for the first time. I didn't know what it was, who's back there, what f- kind of food they serve. I'm literally starting from ground zero. So what else will we... Um, again, set this expectation or the standard on based upon what? Besides, again, besides the based ones who put on the, the trade jacket and just make up shit, but based upon what? 
based upon the team of what it is at that moment, what right now. But like, before you know he gets team. there, but before he gets there, so before the ball goes up, the first tip uh-huh. off of his first day as an uh-huh. LA Laker in what 2019, I think that was, or uh, uh-huh. yeah, 2019. What what else am I going to base it off of? You're basing it off of if he gets there. Yes, you are, and rightfully so. People should look at what he has done at that time. Look at what he has done and be like, okay, I'm excited because of A, B, C, D of what he did in New Orleans. Okay, cool. He comes here. The thing that I notice, that just me personally, is that you're assessing something and expecting something to happen <clears throat> without acknowledging the reality of your current team's state in that moment. Systems, playbook, coaching, um, chemistry, all these all these intricate things that now that player has to come from where he was to now here. And for the fan, I'll say this, for the fan, I feel like fans don't necessarily always look at that of course, they, they will hold their hat on what they have seen in the past from that player and rightfully get excited because they're about to get that player. Again, this is their mind. They're about to get that player in this team. Okay, cool. But as you are excited, as you are like, yo, we've about to win it all. As you're doing that, I've, I, do, I really do feel like there's a certain reality of Anal- or crit- not critiquing, but analyzing everything else that has already happened with that current team that you're rooting for and looking at how how can he now fit in this set system with this set coach and this set players because oftentimes it's sometimes you're going to get exactly what you got from that player and then there's oftentimes where you're not going to get um what you saw in past years or a different variation of that it could still be good but maybe just a different variation of what you saw but now, is, is it not warranted you said what is disappointment not warranted i that's t- honestly that's a good question i think it's tough because for this is my experience just me if you're disappointed in a player and what he's if he underperformed you have to ask yourself, why are you disappointed? Number one, why are you disappointed? Number two, you being disappointed, again, without assessing everything that's happened, not just with the player, but around the player too, is where the disconnect happens when it comes to conversations with fans. Because I think fans have individualized this game so much that they look at that player and expect A, B, C, D, but when they don't get A, B, C, D, it is then still all that player's fault. And I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like we're just focusing on that extreme delusional fan. And I think, well, okay. I, oh, go, go ahead. ahead, Rebel, please. Okay, okay. So let me paint this Anthony Davis picture. Okay. From Rebel's think, perspective, correct? From my perspective. Okay, right. Yeah. So AD, let me, let me. Just like how I get viewed as a hater. Now, let me tell you how I feel about AD. (laughs) I feel like, I feel that there is no reason why he shouldn't be in the conversation as the best player in the league. 
And then I, because I'm like, okay, he is pretty much a prototypical big man. There's not, I don't believe there's a big man that, that can keep up with him speed wise or, or is as quick off the dribble. Um, he has a solid mid range game. He is, he is the best, the big man defender in the game. And from an offensive standpoint, here it comes. When he's engaged, he he's a beast. He has great he has great footwork inside outside game. Solid mid range. Uh, he can uh, he has lots of moves uh, post moves. Uh, we looked at that stretch the first half of December before he got injured, and it's just like yo, he's not even the numbers that he's putting putting up. We're like it's only a handful of players. And uh, that's been that has put up those numbers, and um, with the exception of Giannis, the only person that uh, the only folks that are that have put up those numbers in the past, they're all in the Hall of Fame: Shaq, Wilt, Russell, Kareem, to an extent. And now, joke, we can throw joke in there now. You well, we can, yeah, oh shit, yes, we can. <laughs> now we're <laughs> we talking about to. Joker. We so have yeah. we have to. So so it's and I always look at okay, well. I look at who's Anthony Davis's contemporaries. It's Joker, it's Embiid, it's Giannis. He, but he, but so he's the perception has been Anthony Davis when it comes to the the conversation. And, and guess what? Maybe it's a thing where the conversations that we're having is just bullshit, or the conversations that's on the you know the national sports networks like ESPN, Fox Sports, is bullshit as well. But it always seemed like okay. Anthony Davis is like one tier below those other three. Now I look at those other three and I'm like, okay, he's much better defensively than Giannis. And uh, like, he's much better defensively than all three of those players. Look, me and Cecil both kind of, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a gap. Here's where the conversation gets tricky. Uh, okay. Rebel. And this is where I take it. I think where my mind goes and this right. I, Kind of where I was kind of referring to, like, you're saying all this, right? Right. For me, I'm looking at the why. The why. why. Is he like right. That? So, for example, you said we should be, and I'm paraphrasing. I, I might not get mm-hmm. what you said uh, right. Point. But pretty much it's like, he's on that tier. I'm looking right. at, okay, he's on that tier. Why? I'm looking at, okay, well, throughout his whole career, if we have noticed, he's always had a, a above decent point guard to feed him the ball. He's been comfortable with that. Even New Orleans, he had Rondo. He had other players yeah. or point guard yeah. to give him, facilitate the ball. So I look it. at that. I look at also the plays that, how plays that was ran in New Orleans versus now in LA. There was more spacing in New Orleans than now he's with <coughs> the team that he is now. Also, yes, he's older. He's a little more heavier. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's a lot amazing. of stuff happening. And, I, and I'm and i going to say this as a side note. I think he's one of the best weak side defenders. I do not think he's one of the best one-on-one def- big man defenders at all. <laughs> but I okay. do think I, – I think weak side, yes. Nobody can, can, can be on his level when it comes to that. But aside from that, I just – again, like, when you say those things, and not just you, but in general, when those things be said, I take a step back. And I look at what I know. I'm like, okay, well, why is this happening? It's not a bad thing. It's just right. certain thing has to happen for that player to be great. It's not just him. 
And that's what I was saying was like, I think we individualize how we talk about the game so much that but other factors that don't, don't but, weigh heavy. Okay, but isn't the individualization a byproduct of what the NBA has done? Like since that last any team, sport, any team sport. Well, mm, NFL has always consistently made it where the shield is number one. Like they, you know, they've consistently made it about the shield. Okay. The NBA has been more driven on individual players, star okay. power since that last TV contract where it was like, okay, they, they kind of individualized the sport. Don't you guys think if it, that could have been a byproduct? Like even look, look, even now, even what now. What does that have to do with, okay, but here's my question back to you. Yeah, yeah. What does that have to do with my basketball knowledge and how I critique or analyze said player or game? If you want to market the but whatever the league is doing as far as how right. that is, that's fine. If that, but if you're saying that that now because of that, it has allowed fans, it's let fans to believe that. Let's look at one player. I myself, I feel like I'm confident in saying like that's not true at all. Like them marketing or individualizing the game via marketing, business deals, highlighting players, stuff like that has nothing to do with how I look at the game. Now, if that's okay. the case, now, now, if the only way I'm influenced in that nature to now look at the game as, at a, from an individual type of lens is, ooh, I, that sounds harsh, but it, it, it's the only way I'm going to look at that is if I don't necessarily have a lot of knowledge of the game myself. Right. right? Like, that's the only way I can see how a player, <clears throat> not a player, a person can just look at the game and just look at that one player and be like, aha, see, this is why the game went this way, south, northwest, whatever it is. So if a star or your favorite <laughs> player underperforms, expectation or not, they just underperform. Again, yeah, for sure. I'm not, no, no, no. Oh. Yeah, for sure. 100%. I'm okay. not even ignoring that. Like, if a player underperforms, then, then if he was trashy, a certain game he's trying <laughs> like it is what it is you know what i'm saying but i i think oftentimes though okay because two that. things can be true i think oftentimes I though as much as we're saying this player was trash this 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 game or the past 10 games he was he was throwing up bricks and blah 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 <clears throat> oftentimes then we have to take a step back and be like okay in those games what happened why because oftentimes it's not just a player just sucking like there's some other intangibles, other stuff that happened that I'm sure we can all attest to, even watching the Lakers last season, of reason why said player didn't fulfill whatever it is during that game. You know what right. I'm saying? A lot of people blame Ham. A lot of people can blame uh, uh, Beverly when he was <laughs> on the team. Um, D-Lo during the playoffs. D-Lo. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many other things. Right. And, like, there's a couple games where even I can remember, uh, uh, I just forgot, A.D., AD had a horrible couple of playoff games. Yeah. And people just drilled him. You know what my response was? I'm like, well, who's feeding the ball? How come he's not getting the ball in the proper spots? Like, that's just me. Like, that is I get where you. I go. I get you. But you it's like, I mean? the reason why I'm pushing back on you so hard, I think it's because, um, I don't know. Um, everyone, especially just general generalizing um the topic right now 
everyone doesn't approach these things with a certain level of intricacy. I think even us as a collective put certain standard and expectation on fan. You have to realize before anything else, and this is kind of like a, a snide shot at KD a little bit too. It's like before a hooper, I'm not a hooper. I'm a fucking fan. It is a source of entertainment to me, just like Modern Family is, just like Spider-Man is, just like if I, whatever I choose to put on in the TV, sports is one of my preferences. Shout, so out, shout out to Tom Holland. So before I put on my glasses, before I go uh, figure out the X's and O's and stuff, it is a source of entertainment. Coming into, especially as a, I would say, a newer fan, you start off your infant stages, you pick a player, you say, hey, I like that guy. Uh You start watching that guy. Then Uh you start watching the guys against him. You start watching the team around him, things of that nature. Maybe your love for it actually grows, or maybe you stay mundane. No doubt. you maybe you stay just a basic fan who mm-hmm. likes to flip it on and be entertained, you know, by any means um, necessary. But Tony, a lot of people don't. A lot of people aren't willing to say what you said, though. That's I get the, that. I get like, that. You legit, legit. I know have, ball. I know ball. You have <laughs> a lot of content yeah. creators, big followings. Amazing. I get that. I get that. Will argue down. And yes, I'm highlighting that space. You argue down an actual player about why they're wrong. Like, it behooves me <laughs> that sometimes people kind of lose the reality of, yes, where they're at. And I guess lose the meekness behind their analysis and understanding like, hey, I'm a fan of the game first. I mean, I know the ins and outs. I mean, I know all this stuff. But when you start talking about certain things as if you're so this sure. is what it is and yeah. nothing else, especially if you get, um, I don't say confronted, but you enter in a conversation with people that professional who are professional, have credentials, right. all this stuff, and you use that as a way to make sure that you're right and they look stupid, that to me is just disrespectful at that point because it's like, well, who are you? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why? If I'm I'm in the situation, I'm in this, and you're trying to talk about it from a third party perspective, and it's like, well, what good is your perspective if you're not willing to jump in the boat with me so we can talk about this together? You know what I'm saying? Like. This it's always combative and basketball conversations all the way down from media to even players. Like it's gotten to the point where it's like it's combative and not actually for the betterment of growing the game. Yeah, I get that. And growing your knowledge. I get that. And Rebel, again, before you go, again, while I'm trying to normalize it, again, even the extremists, Mm -hmm. I don't agree with their approaches and, you know, maybe the verbiage they use and how they go about expressing their fandom. But again, just to normalize it, Raise your hand if you do that when it comes to politics. How many people, people of color, Obama didn't do anything for black people. Me personally, I am not strong in politics. So yeah. I can't say what he can or cannot did, but I can give my opinion as a, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to use fan loosely, but as just a regular day-to-day American citizen. I'm going to yeah. say he didn't do this or I didn't see this change. Um, same thing I was going to say, let's relate it to our real life relationships. Um, going back to kind of the beginning of our conversation. How many of us met a, a partner, a significant other, a love interest, 
who, okay, they seem to fit the mold in this bill, this bill, this bill, mm -hmm. but maybe now the time came, you're expecting them to show this strength and it, it's a weakness. And sometimes you're not understanding. You're like, but it's just this. It's something is just as simple as this. Why mm -hmm. don't you get it? You know what I'm saying? Until, you know, maybe, hey, do you have the amount of love enough to go through the X's and O's to yeah. hear, you know, um, the opposing party standpoint to try to gain an understanding? You know what I'm saying? Does it uh, require a little bit of pushback sometimes, a little bit of a debate, mm -hmm. a little bit of a, a conversation? Like you said, it is up to that, to the fan to to want to learn or to listen or be open for criticism or open to just being wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I understand a lot of the extremists don't. But again, on a mundane level, it's like, I don't know if we can expect that. Expect that. The same yeah. level of expectation, we don't necessarily want to be put on these players because, you know, they're humans. Even as players, they're humans. They can have their good days, their bad days. They can fit into a system, not fit into a system. Yeah. I think same thing with fans. It's like some of them, they're going to beat their chest, and then some of them will be regular. Yeah. I think, I think it goes with it, though. I think it goes with it. I think you kind of need it. I think it's what creates, um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to use the word marketing, but it, 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 it creates that general, like, centralization, like, oh, my God, I need this. And, again, why well, kind of take those slots, that, that small shot at Katie or the small strays, because, you know, often one of his arguments is like, first of all, I'm a hooper. Like, this is what I do. And then second of all, it's like, okay, well, why don't you go get a life type thing? It's not always, you know, I think he's matured mm -hmm. a little bit more and being able to take a lot of criticism a lot more. And I know his pushback is who are you and what do you know? But we can say that about anything, you know, up as a woman going to the mechanic, I'm mm -hmm. going to push back. I don't know shit about cars, but I know I can easily get it taken advantage of. I know you're going to really have to make sense to me before I pay mm -hmm. you all of this money. I know that, but mm -hmm. I know, I know I don't know shit about cars. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I think, I think it creates a level of balance. I don't want it in regular day to day society. Mm -hmm. Of course not. But if something is just an entertainment aspect, especially because most of us get to hide behind a screen it's just like yeah. these people, yeah. they're delusional, and we know that. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I think like to Katie's, just like to Katie's defense, like he's he's always been a person that's very, very sensitive when it comes to like, if you don't know me, know nothing about me, right? Or don't speak on me. Just don't like, and not in the manner of like, don't speak on me or speak on my game. It's just people to his point. Well, to from even conversations that he has had um, with close circles, it's like critiquing the game and talking about his play is fine. Like it's it's fine, but when you get to the 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 ocean of now, I'm saying this and this is right and this is what it is. That's what he has a problem with. Like, I get that. don't talk about my game as if I'm not the player you're talking. Like, <laughs> hello, I get I'm, that. I'm that nigga that you're talking about. You know what I'm I saying? And so. His whole stance was more so, and still is really, it's more so like, if you want to know more or if you want to inquire about what's going on, how about pose it as a more of a question than just the stance of, well, this is what you're doing. And, and no matter what you say, <clears throat> this is what it is. When it's like, wait, what? Like, I'm in the game. I play, I'm playing the game. Like, I can fill you in. If can you I really ask you know. this real quick? Yeah. Do you think he can be wrong too sometimes? You know, sometimes, sure. unless, you know, I'm sure he analyzes his own film, but sometimes yeah, yeah. like, okay, I play team sports sometimes. Okay. My coach will have to say, my teammates will, all yeah. of us will be like, no, that's not what happened. But the coach will say, look, 
this is what you're doing. You think you're doing this, but this yeah. is what you're doing. For sure. I, I think there's a, how can I put this? Even the example of players watching film when they talk amongst their peers. And I think this is any profession. Like I'm talking amongst my peers because they understand mm. what I'm doing. That makes sense. I can only talk to them because we here. I, 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 they feel me, I feel them. But the moment I get a, I mean, if I could be honest, the moment I could get, I get a Twitter host or a space host to right. tell me about as if you're my peer and you on the court field. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, where I get that. The ad, the, this is where like the attitude, his attitude of you can't tell me nothing. I actually vouch for that because it's not in the it's not in the matter of you can't tell me nothing like you really can't tell me nothing. It's it's hard for you to tell me something that you're literally not in the battlegrounds with me with. That makes a lot of sense. You're telling me a stat. Okay, cool. Tell me the stat. But that's all you can do. Yeah. Is tell me the stat. So, so, you know, yeah, okay, so here's a... Man, you guys have been cooking. That's why I just, uh, I just chilled for a while. But, but here's the thing. Okay, so you're talking... So you said, Cecil, you're not in the battlefields with me. Okay, now... Yeah. We, you know, because of these social media platforms, um, a random guy can have a quarter million uh, Twitter followers. He can put up. He can put. He can put up. Hey, KD is not top five. Then, but his platform is so big that guess what? KD shows up. Now, yeah. Here's the part where I wonder if there's a slippery slope. Because we look at the we now we look at the 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 awards. So I guess we'll we'll just be specific to basketball. We look at the awards. They're the guys who who vote on who's going to get MVP or Defensive Player of the Year or like any of these like you know awards are also guys that are not in those battlefields with them. So so it's like okay, hold on. Uh, I'm just a simple journalist, um, mm-hmm. you know. Probably never even made my high school team, but I'm a <laughs> I, I'm I'm a simple journalist. But uh, my vote, uh, I got an All Star, I got an um, MVP vote. So <laughs> not only does you know nowadays with the supermax that if a guy gets an MVP, that's one of the qualifiers for him getting a, a supermax. So mm-hmm. so you so for the for a guy that's not in the battlefields with you. They can influence your paper. They mm-hmm. can also add to your legacy because we all know that you know when the guys retire, you know MVPs, All Stars, all of that counts towards a legacy. Matters. So on the so it's it's it seems to be cool when it's praise, but then when it's criticism, hey, I, you can't hear. You're not qualified to speak to me. Good I'm point. just wondering where where is that that line is right. drawn. I think all play. I think all players honestly carry a sense of not just criticism, but the understanding that praise from said person. I mean, let's just say a guy on spaces he praises him for, I don't know, having a great game, whatever. Like at the end of the day, we know if I'm a player, if I'm a player in the league. I know what I know. I know what I did. So your 
praise or even critique doesn't necessarily <clears throat> affect me per se. And I think players players sometimes have an issue with people who have built platforms off of what you're saying. I, it's because that to me that's different from a journalist or a media person who has credentials in the field to talk about a said sport, said player, all that stuff. It's different than a person who has built a platform, built an audience off of being a certain way. <clears throat> like, that's what players don't like. Like, you've built a platform. This is another reason why people don't like Skip Bayless. Like, people... <laughs> yeah, the main built, person came to you mind. built a platform not because... How can I say this? <laughs> not because of necessarily of your credentials and and really like exercising that you've built a platform because you've bashed people's you bash people's play and you also disrespected them in some way shape or form that is what people don't like that's, that's what athletes don't like yeah people respect I'll bring up another one Stephen A people yeah, people, you know, some people like him, some people hate him, whatever. Most players, athletes, love him because he doesn't necessarily build his platform off of bashing people. He right. started from his credentials. He's always yeah. talked about it. I got my degree. I'm this. I'm that. So that's where that came from. This is where right. my knowledge comes from, that. Yeah. I, players respect that. Than for you to just be some, some loudmouth, <clears throat> because I guarantee, and if you notice this, a lot of athletes, you go any well basketball, I'll stick to basketball, NBA athletes, if you notice, don't connect or are not cool with, if you notice a lot of quote unquote loudmouths or people who just kind of like, dramatic kind of yeah, you'll never see an NBA player connect or have a, a friendship with those people but i can tell you this Stephen a has plenty of connection to nba why because yeah. there's a certain integrity about it there's so, a certain integrity about it you know and I, so so yeah i'm sorry you. um kind of to like rebel's point though um cease if you don't mind me shortening your name mm-hmm. um i'm a nickname kind of girl no, people 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 <laughs> can't pronounce cease a lot of times so they, they do shorten it <laughs> um but um at the same time, don't dodge the question. Rebel's saying, but how come you don't really hear them complain about it? Complain The same praise I give you, complain about it. You know what I'm saying? Don't just complain about the over-dramatic um, ones or over-performative ones or the ones that have nothing but negative things to say. So what about the one who meat rides you? Like, I don't know. I never heard Jordan speak on anyone who speaks on him. But for instance, Skip loves you so much. You know what I'm saying? So what if there was a placement for Jordan or even like Tom? I, I haven't really I, I heard Tom probably have like one quote on some radio show kind of going off on, you know, like negative um, criticism. Um, mm-hmm. People who kind of like are giving it to him strong or real raw. But mm-hmm. Skip loves Tom too. You know, so Where's the vitriol for that? Take this guy off the air. He doesn't know what he talks about. All he does is praise me. All he does is exalt me. All he does is pedestalize me. I never see that. 
I never see I, that. To be honest, I don't, and this is just maybe just from my experience, I don't really see, I don't necessarily, in general, I don't necessarily see a lot of media members for a long time or just for long spaces in their shows or whatever just praise a player like for a very very consistent time long time like that because just just my opinion it's more i guess it's more popular it's more attractive to to um criticize controversy sells it's more it's exactly. more it's that exactly. so the truth is always I, a lot I, better I than i mean the lie is always a players, lot better than truth. players do they appreciate praise sure but i'll be honest players don't really necessarily always hear it a lot mm. because the mm. space that is a given is always negativity Let always like that. Well, you can go from ben simmons all the way to LeBron. i get that like that's all they hear I get so that. when you have circle, this is why a lot of players, almost all players, have circles. They have those, like, hey, don't let nobody hear about this, whatever it is. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, because everything that they do somehow, some way, turns into either a debate or turns into something that's deemed as negative all the time. You can go any athlete. There's no athlete that is resolved from criticism. So the problem Period. is the criticism last is it's lasting longer longer than it should be. <laughs> I get so that. It's not, yeah. So the praise, yeah, you're right. Like there are players, players don't don't acknowledge the praise like that. Or they don't be like, right. yes, praise Shout out like to that, that guy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're not gonna do that. But I think so many, so many times every day, the wow. the praise gets drowned out from something negative something well no you're absolutely right but let's... rebel i'm sorry to interrupt you i was going to give these two okay. quick examples real quick um again okay. of just basically what we just talked about so one would be Giannis, for instance um i kind yeah. of was looking up a little bit of history with malika andrews um yeah. since that little I guess it was like a viral YouTube video. I don't know. I'm not that connected to social media, but mm -hmm. I know for a little while she was trending because someone, you know, with their platform, um, including Kwame as well, kind of went in on her about the way, you know, she handles her, you know, her generalist, uh, journalistic career, if I'm using that, if I'm saying that correctly. Yep. Um, so an example was Giannis, I think, post-2019 playoffs, um, they lost their last game. Yeah. I think it was against Boston. And she asked him a question. It wasn't a bad question or anything, but he chose to walk off the podium. And allegedly, it was due to an article she wrote, I think, right before that game, alleging that, you know, he wouldn't want to stay in Milwaukee if they didn't get a, you know, somewhat yeah. of a guaranteed finals run. But, yeah. you know, I don't know to that Milwaukee beat writer who probably never you know, created a story like that or had anything bad to say mm -hmm. about Giannis. He's never walked off the podium, you know, on any other reporter, just happens to be her because of that article. My second mm -hmm. example would be Russell. I remember mm -hmm. vividly during his tenure as a Laker, mm -hmm. you know, most of the time, well, I don't even want to just attribute it to just his tenure as a Laker. Mm -hmm. Russ, as long as I kind of watched him a little bit here mm -hmm. and there um, and followed him, he's never been like a really pro media guy. You know, yeah. he tends to usually have like 
dry or like really neutral type of energy or mm-hmm. attitude towards the media for the most part. Not his fans. One thing I yeah. will say about Russ, he seems to be real deal with his fans, you know, tries to be connected, um, yeah. you know, in person and things mm-hmm. of that nature. But during his Laker tenure, I don't remember what game or what the scenario was. This, um, I would say foreign um, reporter, I think she was mm-hmm. of Asian descent. And she kind of started going in in a positive way about his game and, you know, um, how acrobatic he is. And I think, you know, he had like a small feat that game. And he was really impressed. He was really lively. But keep in mind, his Lakers tenure, he was in the midst of a lot of negativity. And then yeah, I remember mind, there was a young reporter from college. She, I think she was still in college at the time. Okay. And, and um, she, she was an oppressor. And she asked that question. Yeah, I remember uh, Russ perked up and it was like oh thank you <laughs> so right yeah. right and i just saw his attitude so bubbly and things of that nature yeah. i will admit as a i don't know fan whatever you want to call it whatever you want to label me right then at that time with that certain situation yeah. i was a little annoyed i was like so this lady kind of to me is showing not bias literally but it's like mm-hmm. okay she's giving you she's giving you pro fan she's giving you i'm pro russ yeah. so you're bubbly you're lively but everyone else is like, let me have an attitude. Let me have, you know, give you short answers. Let me, you know, he tends to be aggressive at times. Yeah. Like, you know, or why would you ask me that? Or, you know, well, I don't know. You're asking me. Why don't you run up the numbers? You know already. So why are you asking me? And again, we're all human. We tend to do that. Yeah. Our parents is like, well, damn, mom and dad, I got a D one time. Why, why do we have to have a whole conference about it? No one has a conference about my A's. We're not throwing parties for my A's, but we want to have a whole conversation about a D. I get that. But again, it's just so like Rebel said, it's just where is that line? Again, as a human, it's hard to contain, just maintain a consistency, period. Sure. Ron's 2011 exit too. Oh, well, I'm just going to go back home and be a dad. And that has nothing sure. to do with the nine points you just put up, bro. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I go ahead. Let's, I'm going to ask that real quick and I'm going I'm to uh, give it back to you. Um, one of the things that I love about the young lady was she read the room and the one thing that I learned. So here's the thing. So with me, I actually like I graduated with a degree in communications and minor in journalism. And so because when I grown up for me, I wanted to be a, a sports writer. I fell in love with newspapers. I my first thing I read was not a book. It was a newspaper. And so same with that, <laughs> like growing up and, and as an adult life, the one thing I learned when it comes to journalism is. Even though you want to ask the burning questions what if everybody else beats you to it and sometimes you have to switch it up and as a reporter it is your responsibility to also read the room as well and considering all the crap that was going on at that time and if you want the player to get give you the best answer that in that moment that young lady because i remember we talked to her after after that it was more so of, yes, pointing out the facts. Yeah, top 75, all this, blah, 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 whatever. You're pointing out the facts, but you understand that player has emotions too. That player obviously knows the room too. And so because of that, she went about it in a different way of asking a question. That was what provoked Russell's emotions to, to cheer up because now you're getting a better response out of me. Like, Considering what was going on, you're going to get probably a robot response. But because you have now affected my mood, 
you're probably going to get a better response out of me. That's my job as a reporter. I want the best out of you. Just like just like we want as fans the best out of that player, the media has, has a responsibility too. And so I think when it comes to media and just players and that relationship, players remember, players have a very good memory of who's in the room. Yeah. And so the one thing you cannot do <laughs> as a reporter, as a media person, journalist, is do not get on their bad side with a question that you, especially if you know, you may not get the answer you want because yeah. they will remember it. Every I get that. Humanly, we usually tend to remember Fr- the negative. Uh, Malika Andrews with Giannis. Nick yeah. Friedle with Kyrie. Um, yes. Several with Russ. Like, it's it's been, there's always, you can tell always the people that they're not going to be fond with, and that's okay because I don't think that should be, I don't think players should get a bad rap for that because that's not their fault. Like, the media and journalism, those are people that are responsible for their questions, responsible for setting that environment for them to answer properly. But if you're not comfortable or not satisfied with the answer they're giving you, then you you need to, one, again, look at what's around you. How do they do during that game? What is their what is their their mindset like? And then two, what was your intentions behind your question? So those a lot of those things played a part. But yeah, no, I do definitely agree. Like No, you just taught me something. I yeah, get that. You just taught I, me something. I, I definitely feel like players kind of get a bad rap when it comes to media because it's not it's not because they they just are moody and just don't want to answer. They like answering questions. I, actually like they don't mind the media. It's when you you undermine them and you feel like you know better because you're trying to the thing I tell people, especially when it comes to content, even content creation and in just communications is be looking forward to telling the truth instead of just telling a story. And if you're so easy, if you're so willing to make sure that you want to get a story out instead of getting the truth out, then that's where we can't connect. That's why I can't I can't answer your questions. So because you want a story to push out. So okay, so talking about Russ, because I want to rewind for a little bit now, because you know, with meeting of the gold mines, we are on episode two, available on all streaming platforms. Um you know, we talk about things from the Laker perspective, you know, and so with Russ, two seasons with the Lakers, um, I, I think we can easily say the wow. the tenure with the Lakers was very polarizing. Mm-hmm. We can even say dramatic. And when I use that word, I'm not pointing a finger. Um and it's now I would like so you know the rusting first of all let's just lay it out there top five top seventy five player in the um of all time mm-hmm. um what two thousand seventeen MVP uh yes yeah, I think yeah two thousand seventeen MVP you know twenty seventeen um he oh shit. He normalized the triple-double. I know one of my favorite memories, NBA memories ever. It has to be the 2020-20 game. Um, You know, dope dope as fuck. But you know what? Mm -hmm. To me, I don't even think that's, like, what I admire about Russ the most. Uh, First of all, the stuff that he's doing in the community. 
Mm-hmm. Um, just like, you know, uh, even still in OKC, like we, it says a lot about Russ, how much folks in OKC speak so highly of him, even yeah. though he, since he left OKC, he's been on what four different teams, but they, but to them, it's not a distant memory. They still, they still what wizards, rockets, no particular order, wizards, rockets, Lakers, Clippers. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but they speak so highly of him. It's not like a distant memory. It's not like, oh yeah, I used to be here years ago. No, they still speak so yeah. highly of Russ. Um, I think one of the, also another thing that I admire about him, even what he's doing in fashion. You know, the fact that you know he's challenging. You know, he's challenging. Uh, first of all, he's really into fashion. But, you know, when it comes, like, the whole toxic masculinity shit, he just threw that out the window. You know, a lot of things that that we as black men uh, felt was taboo or, no, he's just, he's throwing all of that shit out of the, he's not living in a box. And I admire Mm -hmm. the fuck out of him regarding that. Mm -hmm. Now. Few months ago, I made a, uh, I made a, I made a stupid comment. I made a stupid comment on uh, on Twitter. Now the context was, um, you know, he got traded off. He got traded from the Lakers, um, and when he finally, when he got when he did the buyout, got signed to Clippers, um, believe their record, like I believe they went zero and five the first five games. Right, I think they it was like zero and five, and so I said I was like, "Damn, like the mildew of the NBA just dirty up the Lakers locker room." Now he's screwing up the Clippers, and Cecil, to your credit, you handle it with class. You you know you hit me up directly. I'm like, "Yo, really, mildew?" And I, I will say this: I think I was looking at it from a comedic standpoint. I was looking at it strictly also from like. <clears throat> My my perspective is this, and it, like I said, it may be wrong, and I'll accept that. I'm looking at Russ like, you know what? Yeah, do I is he in the top ten percent uh, of the players in the NBA of the four fifty? Is he in the is he top ten percent? <clears throat> Absolutely, no doubt. I n- no doubt about it. So you know, if you're in the top ten percent of of your industry. Like you're you're an elite, so I'm like okay. I'm judging him off of a, his elite status. I'm judging him off of what I have seen him do, and, and and like I said, I also made a jackass comment. I own it. I will stand on it. But the thing with Russ that I want to ask you is mm-hmm. now we talked about standards. We talked about expectations. <clears throat> now the Lakers expectations it's if you don't if you don't win the chip it's a failure Mm -hmm. um now you you have so eloquently spoke throughout this um you know throughout this conversation about Mm -hmm. you know okay this player is not succeeding why what is happening that he's not succeeding um from your perspective and I know, you know, obviously that's fam, but you're also a Laker fan, mm-hmm. like, you know, from Cal Cali from mm-hmm. uh, SoCal, you Laker fan. Mm-hmm. What, what went wrong? What went like, cause I could see where things went wrong on 
the Lakers side. Mm-hmm. What went? Why didn't it work? Um. Well, real quick, I'll say this: a lot of people bring up the um, the transition that has happened since he left the Thunder. Um, I've said this before, and I'll say it again: every team that he has left or got traded for was not actually because, well, except for, I can still even say the Lakers. Um, it's not because of him. There's been other stuff going on with his management. Um, management or they've actually given the blessing for him to move on. Um, you know, that's that's what it is. It was never because he's just a god-awful player. Um, right. Organization, organization respect him. Players deem him as one of one of the best um, there is in in the history of the game. Um, so I think when me or even my cousin Ray, like when we get up in arms about stuff, it's not because we're just like yeah, we're we're blood, <clears throat> but also factually, you know the additional circumstance. Yeah, like a lot of stuff that was said on apps just wasn't true. And so, um, for me, I think it was just a matter. I put it like this: um, when you get hired to work, and they give you the expectations, or they give you, you know, what it is, what we do here, and they know who you are, they know what type of employee you are. Um, right. When that employer doesn't put you in the best situation to succeed, um. Things are gonna go left. So the I'll is not gonna the employee's not gonna perform as well. Well, well, well so so I'll say this, right? So mm-hmm. I'll I'll say this now mm-hmm. from a from a fan perspective, right? When the trade was made mm-hmm. from a fan from a Laker perspective, it was just like and no, from my perspective, it was just like, okay, yeah, okay, Russell Westbrook, okay, cool. That's that's it. It was it was it was a sexy name, okay. Mm-hmm. It was like it's like okay, we have AD LeBron Russ, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. But then it's just like wait, hold on, LeBron, because LeBron didn't really get in his to his off ball mode until the playoffs. Yep. Okay, the off ball mode that that we see in the playoffs to the point that it's just like. Like it was almost a shock to everyone's system. Mm-hmm. Even Draymond Green uh, commented, "Like, you mm-hmm. know, we, we don't even know how to like respond to this." Mm-hmm. Now, that, that off-ball LeBron mm-hmm. is not around in the um, what is it in the year and in what the year and a half mm-hmm. that Russ is on the team. Us. I had to so, combat a little bit. We saw flashes. We saw, to me, a decent amount of flashes. Coming from a little bit. I'll say this. I, I think there were there were flashes at the same time that team struggled with spacing a lot. Period. And mm-hmm. fair enough. The, the the often the thing that fell to the ground that I, I hate that people keep faulting one player is they fault Russ for the lack of spacing. LeBron and they even ate together when Russell on the floor. Yeah. Like there was oh, there's no fair. space. So 100%. LeBron oftentimes did not play off ball. Um, I'll be honest, like they play at two different speeds. 
And when you have those speeds going at it, and then you have comfort zones and comfort levels where LeBron likes to ball at, but then you have, you know, Russ at the top of the key, who's a very downhill type of guy. It's, it's, Russ plays at a pace where it's like, if you, if you move, I'm going to find you. Like, I'm going to find you. LeBron's method is give me the ball and stay there so I can kick it out to you. Like, there was different certain philosophies that just, it wasn't allowed room to grow. Um, There was just other things that just affected, I'll put it like this, it affected the employee's performance. (laughs) When, you know, there's meetings, there's different things happening around the stuff behind the scenes. It affects what you do on the court. And, you know, people have voiced like, oh, these excuses, excuses, excuses. You can't explain um, the notorious one. You can't explain the bricks off the side of the backboard. You know, no, I cannot actually. Like, yeah, of course. Like, he shot bricks. He shot poorly. But I can also explain the fact that he had tape on all 10 of his fingers while he was playing. Nobody didn't notice that. And if you notice when he was playing with the Clippers, he shot better because his hands were down naked. He had no tape. Mm-hmm. He was shooting freely. He was healthy. Like, mm-hmm. some of the time during the Lakers season, he wasn't even healthy. So it's just, it's a lot of things that went into play. Um, but I will say, I'll say this, that you cannot fall, and not just you, but just in general. Um, there's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that has been said about how he handled certain things. Yeah. Um, I can say that that man has handled everything to the best of his ability. From right. starting to bench to being told one thing to be told, he's handled everything like a professional. The, the vampire the comment. He has been. I'm, get, I'm gonna get there. Um, he has been the one that has tried to have certain conversations with certain people, and they failed to talk to him. Um, you know, when it comes to the comment, I remember. I, I'll share this timeline because it's it's public. But there was a time where at the game, you know, it was reported about this scuffle, right? Um, between Russ and uh, um, Ham, Ham um, during the halftime and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> and um, people, people made a big thing of it. Oh my God, Russ, he needs to go. And Russ starting fights and blah blah. blah. And then, Lord and behold, the next day, Russ was in discussions for trade talks for you know. Minnesota, blah, 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 blah. Then fast forward to, we're going to ship you off to Utah. And then that's when the vampire saga came. Like, So explain that to me. People, that's new to me. What is the vampire so, thing? So Dave McMenamin, Malika's boyfriend, um, <laughs> came and pretty much he went on NBA Today. Okay. And this is before okay, I think I remember this the is before the whole Clippers situation. Gotcha. This is all that stuff. Literally the so-called fight happened. There was no fight. There was no argument. Um that happened. The next day a report comes, trade talks, you know, trade deadline was coming up. It was actually on that day, I think. Trade deadline was coming up. Uh, Excuse me, let me cut you off real quick, Cecil. So the quote, specifically verbatim Mm -hmm. from Dave, was, as one source told me, Mm -hmm. you remove a vampire from the locker room. So I do recall. Right. So 
Dave made that comment. And I'll say we was we <laughs> it was to a point where it was like we were ready to roll out. Like not only Dave was out of pocket for even saying that, two, who said it? If that's the case. Like who's the source? We love to say source or source, but who's the source? Dave Where's provided the source? no source, none. Mm. And actually got trolled a lot by even NBA players, current and past, on yeah. his page. Like provide the source there's integrity on the line here from both parties and so the timeline of that little so-called argument Mm -hmm. to the trade deadline talks to now Mm -hmm. dave on the day of the the trade deadline special saying that to now russ being traded to utah eventually that right there created a whole negative bubble kind of cloud okay on that like that was the icing on the cake when it comes to russ's reputation there was a period of time there was a, a, sm- a very short period of time around um i guess uh before it was around the time of the trade to utah yeah where folks are where media and fo- folks in the media were saying russ might not find himself might find himself out of the league mm. Which, that's how bad it was getting which was crazy. Which was uh, wow. which was crazy. And yeah, you know the and we were on phones. Was, we were on phones. Yeah. We were on, I, like it got to the point where, and I can I can share this. Like we was on the phone. Like we was texting Chris Haynes. Like yo, is this true? He was like, no, nah, man, don't believe that. <laughs> like it was because I remember Woj reported it, and right. we were like, when this happened? When this fight? Where happened? is this coming from? We right. Was, yeah. uh, when when this fight happened, we didn't, huh? We was there, yeah. like what? And were you saying when when did the ham and rust thing yes. happen? Okay, yes. gotcha. And so so that's a fabricated story. At least is that what you're implying? Story. Wow, it's a very that's fabricated so story. And I remember, wow, um, there was a time where I was trolling heavy, um, on Twitter. Oh, we, we, no, no, it was it was like wait, no, no. I will say this, we were. There's a, a whole bunch. There's a, a couple group chats that I'm in, right? And uh-huh. then some folks would would share would share a tweet that you put out, right, where you were trolling, and it was just like, wait, hold on, give me some, wait, You're- give me some juice. I'm such an old head. I'm not in these loops. <laughs> give me some juice, please. No, no, no. Give look, me I'll, one I'll- good Cecil tweet. Oh man, you know what? A good one. <laughs> Okay. Uh, there was, okay. I I I don't have it verbatim, but there was a couple. Okay. There was times, right, when there was a um, like when there was a loss, like pretty much, like I'm just like paraphrasing, but pretty much. Okay. But if the after the trade deadline, right, if the Lakers lost, we <laughs> knew here comes Cecil. Like, oh yeah, but uh, but Russ I thought problem, it was Russ. Right? Right. Like, yeah, Russ, Russ is the problem. And it was just, and it was and it was just like yo, it was like yo, can't stand that motherfucker. Like right. like Russ, I used Russ to laugh problem, too. Right? We deserved it. The Lakers fans deserved it just a little bit, just a little bit. Well, yeah, well, well, see, so, yeah, I want to ask you. I want to ask you this question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because a couple, because okay, a couple of things. I think with Russ, one of the things where. First of all, look, these owners are billionaires. Okay. Mm-hmm. These owners are billionaires and they can be, they, they can own the team for 
you know, 50, 60 years, go across multiple generations and make an endless amount of money. Players, they got a window and opportunity, make your paper. I'm all for it. I think with Russ, he was always getting judged. He was always getting judged by the salary. And when folks were like, oh, well, the salary is why we have no depth. The salary is why, mind you, he's not the only person making that type of paper on the team. But for for Russ's uh, thing, with Russ, it was like, oh, well, his salary would lead to so much depth. So it was like he was always getting, is like he was always getting like held up to his salary, which in a lot of ways is unfair. But I want to add, but I could all, you could also make the argument that, you know what? From a Laker perspective, considering the players that Russ that the that the the Lakers gave up to get Russ and the draft picks, and then the fact that okay, um, the two different speeds, like you alluded to, and then even the fact that certain players weren't playing off ball yet, did the Lakers I mean- put? Did the Lakers you know, put Russ in the situation? Is, look at who Russ was. Put, no, there's no slight to the players he played with. Some of them are boys. Like, I, of course, <laughs> no, no disrespect, but it's just no like, disrespect. No disrespect. Look at what you look at what you put around Russ. Like right. a lot of that's what Rebel clumped, was alluding to. A lot of people have clumped Russ with. Oh, you played with. Look at this lineup. Well, look at Russ. The 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 top seventy five player. That look at the players you put around him during that tenure during that time. Like okay, we're we're complaining about the contract and his poor performance, all this stuff. Okay, sure, I guess there's some validity to it, but seeing how he used to play and okay, seeing all these other teams, we know how he rolls. So why would you put said player around him in in this certain certain game situation or whatever situation yes. came about? Like, why would you do that? You know what I'm saying? And but so he agreed to it too. It's like you know, it's it's two sides but, but, but to it. He agreed to it because he's you have to. Like, what what choice do, do you, you? What choice do you have? Do you? Dame said straight up, he's not coming here to play with us. He made the choice to come, you know, come play with you know those two superstars who honestly right. just don't work for his because, game. And um, okay, go ahead. Because he came. One, does he want to come home, number one. But two, okay, that's true. he came because of the fact that if if an employer and the people there say, hey, man, we want you. We're going to do this. We're going to we gonna, we gonna do all this stuff. And I Fair see enough. none of that. Not, not a mayor, not, not a head, not what head, no What can you do? What yeah. do you want me to do now? Now I'm putting positions I where I have to play because obviously I'm a professional. This is my job. I got to play. For sure. Oh, you put me to the bench now? Oh, dang. I didn't know that. I thought I was start- – like, it's yeah. – there's so many things that unfolded that it's not really – it really wasn't in his control. Because now what has happened during that time is not only I have to just do what I got to do, but now my rep is tarnished because nobody's vouched for me. Mm. Nobody vouched for me. The media was taking AK-47s at his at his <laughs> reputation. Yeah. yeah. And nobody vouched for me except maybe one player, and that was JTA. 
Like, that's the perspective I need people to, like, actually understand. Like, when yeah. the media was going at him, when he had a bad game, and um, you had journalists, you had media, you had fans, all this stuff. Nobody came to his defense. Hell, you had players wanting LeBron, I mean, wanting Kyrie right in front of his face. Yeah. Well, players wanting Kyrie right in front of his face. And you expect him to perform at a decent level? Yeah. Yeah, that's that doesn't make yeah. sense to me. As no, a I will say, I, get... I, I, I I will say this. I was um when the rumors when when Joe Sai, you know, Nets owner said, okay, we're gonna trade Kyrie. Mm-hmm. There was there was quite a level of openness. <laughs> From the players in wanting, in wanting Kyrie, he's trying and to put it as lightly as possible. They were the players on the, the some of the Laker players were pretty open in their desire to get Kyrie, Look, which is we want like, Kyrie. And it's just like, um, how could you look? How could yeah, you look a person? It's like at that point, it's like it just seemed yeah. like. The, the relationship relationships were like inevitable because it's like man you really you really because you already know the only way you're gonna get Kyrie is if you make this move you can't yeah, you can't yeah. get him with by switch or by getting rid of Max Christie or anyone else no you're gonna need this contract to get him and you openly saying yo we want to get Kyrie yeah uh, that 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 seemed odd but I'm gonna ask you this yeah I can say it's a unique uh, situation mm-hmm. because I think in a lot of ways, I I, I want to say the Westbrook camp, mm-hmm. you guys were like, you know, even what you were saying with, about Chris Haynes and hitting him up and say, yo, mm-hmm. is this true? Seemed like you guys were fighting a, a war on all, on different fronts. You had, yeah, you had media, you had toxic folks uh, on Twitter saying yeah. all types of shit. Um, and even to the point where, I know Russ said it in several like post game interviews when it's just like, mm-hmm. yo, this is also affecting the kids, uh, his kids, yeah. because of what, what classmates are saying, wives too. Where was it? Like, where was like, what was the worst part? What what area was was it? The media part? Was it the fans part? Because mind you, there because uh, you said Russ want to come home, so meaning. Kids are kids are going to school in in within the area. Yeah, He's right. Living in the yeah. area. He's back home. Yeah. What like where was it the worst? Um, I, I think it got to a point where his kids just couldn't go to the games. Like, yeah, I remember you, he mentioned that. You I hear, think. and this is this is where I don't really on the app. People make fun of the name and even my name like but it's just i don't make fun of people's names like right people use that as like a thing like they say oh it's no big deal but no it is a big deal because if i if i'm telling you hey don't call me that this is the correct way to call me that and you steadily do that now you're crossing the line that's a line of disrespect now and when now you're calling me westbrook and i have to hear about it and then you have media people calling me that one that's disrespectful to me that's not my government name that's not the name my mom and dad birthed me with and so for y'all to think that's just like ha ha he he 
oh no big deal we're just playing no that's not a joke that's not a joke because mm-hmm. you wouldn't do it to yourself you wouldn't do it to your friends you wouldn't do it to your, your daughter your son whatever um but the moment also was now when people know you as they think they know you as that name this name so they come up to his wife come up to me come up to the kids and be like westbrook and be like no his name is westbrook mm-hmm. oh i didn't know his name was actually westbrook oh yeah what? it's like what? really it, yeah i get that 100 so i do a point where for them it was like i you can't even go to the games because of how hostile it was um the name calling the threats uh death threats that we've all received which is sick which is sick um I've I received death threats. Um, my Jesus. cousin Ray has received death threats. Um, I've gotten pictures of of them looking up past pictures of myself or past pictures of Ray, made fun of them, um, made fun of those pictures. Um, I've had um, I've I've seen people like create group chats, you know, to talk talk crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've seen it. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. Um, I've seen spaces where I would like, I just want to come in and just speak. Vibe out. Yeah. Be a fan too. And I've had people like use me, (coughs) excuse me, try to use me as clickbait, I guess, to talk about. I have seen that. I have seen that. Or I have seen that. Or I would come in and um, they'll be like, well, he's not a Westbrook, so fuck him. I don't care about his opinion. And it was just like, huh? Like, yeah. so just because we don't share the, same. the last... I wanna, I'm I just wanna, a basketball fan, too. <laughs> like, I'm just a fan. Just like y'all. Yeah. Like, y'all don't need to know yeah. my business or who I'm connected to. I just want to talk about... Talk, well, you, talk about. Man, you know what, Cease? I will say this. We've been recording. We've been having this conversation for exactly an hour and a half. Yeah. I want, and you know what? Please, uh, at some point, like maybe like throughout the season, we'll... Uh, We'll uh, have to bring you back because this has been a it's been eye opening. It's been eye opening because you know what I for sure I work I work my 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 background is in concerts in like tour management. So yeah. the connections um, that I have is like on the music side. Knowing that you know what, yeah, this guy this guy is performing on stage and he just got word that. You know, he just got served papers, divorce papers, and he's still going to put on this two-hour show, or yeah. you know, just like or uh, or <laughs> this guy is about to go on stage and he just passed a kidney stone, which okay. a, yeah, whoa, okay. So I've yeah. seen it and I understood, yeah. and you know, and this like you know, with social media, I have you know, I have said things I shouldn't have, or just or or. Yeah. or or you or not even saying that you know what words do matter and it does yeah. in I gotta chill a little bit. Yeah. I've seen, seen it all so yeah. much on, on even on Twitter and all apps that like I spend ninety percent of my time scrolling because I can't tweet. Like you know what I mean? Like I can't yeah. share certain and you should be able to yeah because yeah. it gets like, yeah, it's back. like you're fighting with yeah, you're fighting with one gets, arm behind, it gets behind your back. back, and then there's some things that, yeah, I just can't share because, like, anytime there's, <coughs> excuse me, anytime there's a trade, anytime there's NBA summer offseason, anything, 
my DMs get blown up because they believe Cecil knows because of his connections. And it's just like, I can't tell you. Like, I said, yeah, there's only so much I can share. You know what I'm saying? It's and, time and to I, get an effective burner, Cecil. Yeah, man. I, I, <laughs> I did. And Elon Musk took it. Damn. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's no, I want you to be able to enjoy the discourse, too. Why yeah, not? Like, You're even, a fan, like even, you said. Like, right now, as we speak, like, this whole James Harden saga is is insane. Um, So it's just, you know, hey, I, I see it all. I see it all. And... I'm not being cocky. I'm not gonna say I know it all in a cocky way, but it's like some a lot of stuff that you've seen it on every side, the journalist side. Yeah, so so I've heard the worst. I've seen the worst done to me, um, to my family, and so it is what it is. I think all I can say is that you know we've we've tried to represent ourselves well. He has tried to represent himself well. He's done nothing out of pocket, nothing out of character, and he's in a good place now. You know what I'm saying? Because of the fact that. So Cecil, I want to ask you this question as yeah. we wrap wrapped up this conversation. Like I said, it's been a dope conversation. Um, what would as a person who grew up a Laker fan, <coughs> right? Mm-hmm. Excuse the dogs in the back. You're good. So, uh, <laughs> as a person who grew up, a, uh, you're born in Southern Cal. You grew yeah. up a Laker fan. Yeah. You've had the, you've had, you've experienced having a family member play for the Lakers mm-hmm. and you also and you saw you got to I unfortunately unfortunately you got to experience the wrath of La- of Laker Nation quote unquote <laughs> what would you say what would be your <clears throat> message to Laker fans when it comes to how they speak about players because because you know we're fans of the team we're yep. fans of the purple and gold what would be your message to uh, Laker fans that are online, in at games, whatever? Good question. Uh, I think the one thing I'll say to, to Laker fans, honestly, is um, keep loving your team, honestly. Like, they, they love their team, man. Like, they love the team. <clears throat> They're, they, they'll ride or die for them. Um, I think one of the negatives, though, that I've – even before when Russ came, that I've always seen was as Laker fans, Laker fans are spoiled, in my opinion, just because we're so <laughs> used to greatness. Yeah, absolutely. So used to it. Um, we're used to the big splashes. We're used to the big names. Laker fans cannot handle rebuild. They cannot handle it. They, nah, it's, it, is, it is like a – it's an itch. Like, they, yeah, they just want to get it real so bad. And so I think the downside of sometimes being a Laker fan is – those down years are down games, stretch of games. And it's just, I hope that Laker fans can handle it better without feeling, how can I say Like without feeling like they have to take digs or feel like they have to now <coughs> ban- banish the player uh, from conversations or anything like that when really, Sometimes it's all about adjustment. Sometimes there's other intent. Like I said earlier, there's other intent was that factor into the game. And so um, I, I think as a whole, <sighs> yeah, um, I'm trying to debate. I'm, I'm circling things on what I can say and you cannot. Of course, uh, of course. But it's just, Deep down, I, it's like, if you guys get better, yes. you know, um, <laughs> but. <laughs> no. um, one thing I say, I think 
going forward because I think I think this is still fresh. This whole little transition, this thing. Mm-hmm. I just want Laker fans to be better on how they critique the game and how. And this is not saying this is not what I'm not saying. I'm not saying Laker fans don't know how to critique the game. I'm not saying Laker fans don't know how to watch the game or anything like that. I just know from a, a Laker fan base, generally speaking, um, when it comes to assessing the game without being so personal and so mm-hmm. vitriol and all that, yeah, that is a habit that Laker fans tend to do. Um, even all the way down to Lakers media, like I, I, I'm, I'm on the record to say like Lakers media. I can honestly say it has to do a better job of covering their team a lot better um, because there's too many times where they leave players out to dry and there's no protection. There's no safety. And I don't know if that's because of the standard and because of all the championships that the Lakers have won. So they just hold them there. But the, the safety net of protecting your assets is not necessarily always there <clears throat> because again, I can speak from, that experience, like when Russ came to the Clippers, when Russ came to the Clippers, everybody loved him. Not because of anything I want to do on the court, but because of who he is as a person. Media, I, when I tell you we was almost blown to tears the first game, the first night of that Clipper game versus Sacramento, that crazy game, triple overtime. Um, it was because, yes, the crowd was welcoming. But the Clippers reporters, the media, they did a great job and still do of protecting the players. They don't they don't write up articles in a way that will leave openings for useless critique among fans. But they just did a great job and they're constantly like and even in connection with me, like, hey, is this okay to tweet this? Like, it's just it's just a respect level that they have mm. that is one of the reasons why he chose to stay home again. So um, we divas over here. Woo, we got to get that. I mean, I, if I can, <laughs> and this is not a, it's honestly not no slight. It's just, it, it's the truth. It's fat. There's facts there. Like, because of that mentality that Laker fans have, like, we are the it gang, we're the mean girls in the league. It presents, and that, I mean, that could be another conversation on why a lot of GMs don't like working with managers. Uh, uh, operations, <laughs> you know, like operations, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many things that trickle down from actual employees all the way to the fan base that I feel like it could be a lot better um, in the future so that way more trades can happen that can be more smooth. More fans can be welcomed into the community. Um, players can actually, certain players, um, can possibly have longer tenures there because of certain management, stuff like that. Because back in the day, Laker players used to have long tenures because of the the enjoyment fact there was a safety net there. And now I feel like they're still in transition with that, starting from the top with Genie. But um I think they're I think they're trying to get to that place. It's just certain things I'll say this, there's certain things that just has to get out the way. And that's all I'm saying. Very fair. <laughs> um, very fair. What has been uh, one last question? What mm-hmm. has been you, you, so you you brought up that first game with the Clippers. What has been the uh, what has been the difference between the and you know obviously it's a smaller sample size. Yeah. What has been the difference between the Clipper fan base and the Laker fan base? <laughs> um, 
Clipper fan base has a lot of as much. So here's the contrast: Laker fans are so used to winning. So, and wait, wait, wait hold on, real quick. I gotta say yeah. this because this is, you know, our platform is purple and gold yeah. lines. So when yeah. I say the liquor, uh, the when I say the Clipper <gasps> fan base, mm-hmm. all seven of them, all seven of them. <laughs> what has the what has been the, the difference? See, that's why they pay your hater, Rebel. Yes. Exactly. Hey, gotta stay there, true to that. For the record, there is way more Clipper fans. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> um, there's some idiot over there looking for all right. seven of them right now. Right. Yeah, <laughs> hey, shout out to Dime Trapper. Shout out to Dime Trapper. <laughs> I think Laker fans are so used to winning that, like I said before, like losing is like there's mm. no process of, of grief. There's no They don't know how to handle that well. Right. Clippers have <laughs> lost so much. <laughs> that it's like when they win. Sorry, I don't know why this is so funny to me. When they win, it's like, huh, we won. That was cool. But it's it's just it's like, oh my god, like hello, like we won. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think with the fan base, all in all, though, it, it's it's the Clipper fan base are is a, is actually really a great community. Um. There's not a, there's not too many like harshness, if you will. Um, again, this Clipper franchise has been um, on the downside of things for so long and a lot of years. So sometimes that community, there's nothing to be at odds about. Like <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like we're here, like we're in this together. This is where we're at. And I think through that though, there is a level of safety. There's a level of camaraderie. Um, I I think Clipper fans base don't necessarily I'm like I'm saying they don't pay attention all the time to player performances like that. They do. But in the breath of I guess that same aggression, like, oh my god, he he had a trash game and he, he like it's not on that that type of level. They acknowledge the bad game, but they also acknowledge what that person did do, if he did anything else. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so, yeah, I think the Clipper fan base, um, there is a great community, but I think it also it starts from, and again, it goes back to the conversation earlier as far as, like, for me, when I said, like, the whole reflection thing, like, players, fan base kind of reflect uh, the players, I also feel like the fan base reflects how the team is ran. Like, that's another factor to me. I, I think the way Balmer handles stuff, the way Lawrence Frank um Ty Lu, um Dante Jones, like it's just those are the type of guys, honestly, that they're just very they're chill. Um they don't bother nobody like that. Um they mean business. And I will say Clippers are very honest. Um <clears throat> when they got there Ooh. when they got there, um and this is not this is not a like a slight towards anybody. It's just they were honest from the get-go. Um, they wanted, they just wanted us to be Russ. And a lot of people don't know what that means. But for them, it was more so of like what does it mean? Um <clears throat> don't worry about making or missing. Don't worry about having a bad game. Just wherever you contribute, it'll help us regardless. Russ, hmm. Russ is the def like Russ is a Swiss Army knife when it comes to he can literally and we saw it against Phoenix, had the worst shooting performance 
but still yet find a way to impact. impact that whole game because of him. Like it's 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 a gift and you know take reward whatever you want to call it. But yeah. you have to be able to accept the fact that is he going to have great games? No, but the one thing you'll always get out of Russ is he will find a way to impact that game. That effort and that availability. He will find a way. If he shoots for, if he shoots the game that he had against Memphis, if he had 36 points, or if he had a game against Phoenix where he's 3 for 19, he's going to impact the game no matter what if you let him. If you allow him to do that. And that is what the Clippers have done. They've put him in position to impact the game. And if he doesn't have a bad – if he has a bad game, they – that team rallies around him and they acknowledge him as a leader of the team, you know? And so I think the one thing that they have done, <clears throat> and not just with Russ, they did it with Bones Highland when Bones Highland got there. They told him flat out, hey, man, you're not going to get that many minutes to start out. You have to figure your way out. And, you know, eventually you'll get more minutes, but you're not going to play as much because Russ is here. And <clears throat> that type of honesty – Fans don't realize. Players respect that. They'd rather have a coach to tell them, hey, man, <clears throat> you're not going to get that many minutes. Then for somebody to say, yeah, we're going to play you. But then you still kind of looking down at the side at the coach, like, you going to put me in? Like, players respect what that. You yeah, players respect that. And I think with, with Ty Lue all the way up, I think there's a level of honesty that players respect. And... um Win, lose, or draw, like they'll go for, they'll go with that. They'll go from there because you are honest, and I can respect that. Appreciate it. Okay, so you know what, so Cecil, man, Matt, you uh, you're so gracious with your time. Been here an hour and forty six minutes. Um, I know you've been having a busy summer. What uh, yeah, what are you working on? What you, what you got cooking? Um, well, we I just got done hosting um, like a, a content creative weekend so i hosted a bunch of content creators um across the nation uh they flew out here to la and so we rented out an airbnb and we just i helped them brainstorm uh we connected we networked um and uh we got a lot of content done and so um going forward we're actually going to make this a thing going city to city uh next year we're going to be in dc and so it's going to be a huge three-day um like a summit if you will of uh right. We'll have workshops, we'll have a mixer, and we'll also be hosting a brunch um, for people that are still there. Um, and so we're going to take the city to city. We're going to have, uh, we're going to be in a, 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 what we call a, a fun house, content house that my boy uh, built um, down there in D.C. <clears throat> and so we're doing that. Um, I'm a man of many things. So I do, I'm a creative director. Um, I'm a barber of 12 years. Um, I help with brands. I help with marketing with certain companies. Um, and I'm also a writer. So, uh, I'm doing a lot right now. So, but that's the main thing, um, is that, you know, we're building up to that summit and also honor the gift with their marketing, um, shop, go cop. Um, there's some, some amazing stuff dropping. So we're staying busy until the NBA season. Good, good, good. Well, you know what? Thank you, man. I've uh, been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, thank you for uh, agreeing to join us, and no let's uh, let's make let's let's not make this a one-time thing. So, uh, shout sure, out sure. to you, Cecil. You can follow him on Twitter at at C Will Poetry. The letter C Will Poetry. Um, and so, salute to you, brother. 
and thank Salute you to man. you guys yeah Salute no problem to you. Peace. My boy, I got an inhaler and a couple cases of water on deck for you. You you were suffering today. I don't know what's in the air over there. Man, we got to get I, you right. I haven't talked this much in a long time. I feel you. That's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I, I thought. I feel you, though. So, uh, no, I appreciate teasing. you guys having me on. For sure. Um, I love what you guys have going on. And, uh, you know, like I always tell people, you know, be consistent and, and do what you do, man. And good things will happen. So, appreciate you guys having me. Wow. Um that conversation was dope as fuck. Uh, I can't lie. Um, I didn't. I didn't know it was gonna last that long. Um, but salute to Cecil for rolling through. Um, you know, one thing I do. You know, one thing that I appreciated, and you know, I knew, I knew it would be a good conversation just because of that unique perspective. Um, you know, growing up a Laker fan, having cousin uh having Russell Westbrook as a cousin who you know it's not only a player in the league but like a person a player that is polarizing um and even rooting for a team that root your hometown team that you grew up loving now you know that relationship is somewhat complicated. Uh, Tone, what yeah. the, what did you, what did you think of the convo? No, like I even shared with KB offline. Um, like you said, that insight um, from a generalistic um, and you know content uh, creator perspective, from someone who has attachments to you know some circles maybe that we can't necessarily get into, and then from a fan's perspective, um, and like I alluded to, you know, during that conversation, it's like. If you're not that delusional <laughs> and you can take time to listen and open and broaden mm-hmm. your perspective, it, yes, like I said, the insight he gave was really good. And I'll be completely um, candid. I even was telling KB when I first kind of got into the, I guess what you would say, the NBA Twitter circles um, from the outside listening in, I wasn't maybe necessarily a fan of CISO. I didn't really know him. All I knew him was as a Russell defender. And in my mind, it's like, okay on this team he doesn't necessarily fit and he takes up a lot of uh, our cap room that's all i knew so i just right. couldn't understand you know why and it's not like he had a defensive personality it's just like why are you caping for this guy you know what i'm saying but again like i said when you really listen and when you deep dive into it again anyone who's willing to learn and knows how to have a normal conversation with someone i really enjoyed it too top tier we could have went on for hours i didn't even yeah. realize it it was already damn near 2 hours we were talking even offline you know what i'm yeah. saying so it is definitely fun and again like i said from a fan's perspective if we could have more conversations like this and not the chaotic or toxic ones maybe you know players and other fans are like wouldn't poo poo and shit on um athletic or um sports discourse in general exactly yeah, you- i agree with what tony's saying i'm sorry to even interrupt zen i'm just go ahead go ahead i just, I just wanted to say this i'm <laughs> one i am pissed i missed out on that conversation y'all had with him <laughs> but i am glad oh no you went out a little bit kb but no yeah, worries you know out. he he'll be back um and hopefully we can open open the floor more you know um once the whole team comes around and stuff. I don't know what's up with StreamYard. They're, they don't, you know, it, we've, been, we've been going StreamYard. They don't want to see us win right now. Uh, it's just me. It's probably my connection. I got a hardwired okay. in. But go ahead, Zen. I'm going to see what I got to say. No, no, no. You know what? The thing with the conversation that I liked, 
like, look, I made it, you know, uh, was not ducking the smoke. That's one thing we're not going to ever do on this podcast is duck the smoke. But we have, I, I love that you can have a, you can have discourse with someone and, and it can be respectful. You can have a conversation where someone say, yo, yo, you know what, man? I didn't like that shit that you said. And we can like sit down and, you know, um, like we didn't, I didn't, like I made that comment about Russ being, you know, mildew of the NBA. I said it in jest. I'm I said sorry, it as a that joke. That was so funny. <laughs> Yo, hey. But, and that's the point. I said it to be funny. I said it to be funny. I know what the brother uh, is, is doing in the community and continue to do. And um, even on you the know, court, per se. Even on the court. Even on the court. Yeah. So it's just like for, for Cecil to have to be willing to come on our podcast and um and you know be open um and give different exactly. perspectives salute to him and yeah we say he'll definitely be back uh, at some point sure. um you know we always you know we always want to have like good conversations um you know so uh because at the end of the day there's still he's still a laker fan He's still a exactly. Fan. No, I was just exactly. about to say. Actually, he's now technically our rival fan. Technically, technically, he's he, technically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he he yeah he he still he's he's figuring it out. He's figuring it out. <laughs> I think and, and Tone, I just wanted to say I was actually on the same boat as you. Like I didn't. I was like, who is this guy defending Russ? But once I learned his cousin, like maybe he has an ultra ul- ulterior motive, but he doesn't. Right. Like Cecil's a real exactly. he a real dude. And he comes Very from, you know, so. he comes from a respectable place with it, and he does Very it. He's not so. a fan stand, you know what I mean? So he Very keeps much. it real, and I honor everything. You know, I, I honor that Same. and respect that. So I'll leave there, it there. There Same. you go. There you go. Well, you know, before we close out every episode, like how we did it last week, we're going to continue doing it. We talk about what we're watching. And I guess now what we're watching holds a different weight considering that you know the this time last week when we were recording episode one the only the writers were on strike um and they were they've been on strike for probably what four or five weeks now and just that alone shut down several productions uh because of the writers now the actors are striking. Have followed suit, right? They have followed suit, and mind you, this is—they're not joining the writers. This is the, something that people don't get it confused, folks. They're not joining the writers. The the union, the the SAG AFTRA union, they have their own issues, and they were like, "No, mm-hmm. we're striking." What wow. makes it worse, folks, is that there's also the directors' guild. And the Directors Guild could be joining as well because they have their own wow. issues. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that because um, I'm I'm aspiring to be a screenwriter. I have a, something I, you know, been writing um, a wow, series that so I've been awesome. watching. And so I'm so now when my scripts, anytime I finish a script, I register it with the Writers Guild. So I, I'm not a member of the Writers Guild, but I pay a fee to get my script registered, so it's protected. And um, so I keep up with them. But, you know, the things that's going on with the studios is that this is like a generational thing. Because, like, so 
So like when the writers had a strike in like 06, 07, around there, like no, 07, 08, like it was about like, you know, um, the it, this was, it was about like the beginning of like streaming services and like, uh, or like DVD sales. That was it, it was like DVD sales and how they're gonna get royalties from there. And even like the history of the writer strike, anytime that they had a strike, something significant came out of it. So if it was about how royalties were going to get paid for cable television, um, health insurance for writers, um, royalties for sh uh, shows that are streaming, now, yeah. now, now it's like, hey, um, they're, they're dealing with the streaming, but now they're also dealing with the AI because now you have the studios that are like, hey, we can we can get AI. We can just have AI write scripts, which you know this is type this is the type of shit that we saw in movies years ago, where yeah. robots would replace us. But um, but yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. But hey, folks, I got some sad news. Abbott Elementary, because I I look, I love Abbott Elementary. Love love, love. Wow. Abbott Elementary ain't coming back for a while. Uh, so they, many. Here's a fucked up part. The day Hold on, what the happened? Strike, right, the strike. The strike. That's why it's not coming back for a while. This is how yeah. okay, KB. This is how. But let me tell you. Let me. Let me. Oh, you're about to cry. Let me make you cry. Um, <laughs> so you saw that picture I put in the group chat of um of uh Hugh Jackman. Uh, yep, Ryan that's the one I was about to relate to. Yeah, the, the yellow Wolverine. Yeah, you know the you know the very next day. They the strike began. So Hugh Jackman was not. I was watching Wimbledon, uh, Wimbledon this morning, the, the the championship men's championship. Okay. Hugh Jackman was in the stands. He was supposed mm. to be filming Deadpool three, but now that right. all the writers are all the uh, all the actors are striking striking production has ceased. All production has ended. They're like they're. I mean, there's nothing. It's to the oh, point man, where everybody. the actors are not even, they're not doing um, uh, Comic-Con in San Diego. That was this wow. this past weekend. So they're not Crap. doing Comic-Con. They're also, this is how bad it is. They're also not tweeting, like no art, no like um, actors from like a TV show. They're not doing any live tweeting while they're on the strike. Mm -hmm. So they're not promoting shows through social media. Right. They are doing nothing, nothing, right. nothing, nothing. Any so, nothing is happening. So all the shows that's supposed to be filming now, Abbott Elementary, uh, yeah, whatever show that you like, if it's uh, Law and Order, <laughs> SVU, yeah, if it's SVU, um, Grey's Anatomy, whatever show that you like, uh, that like that production, you're. You, we're gonna be, we're gonna be what like what all the stuff now is the time whatever is on your your watch list, mm -hmm. on um on whatever streaming service now is the time to start I'm knocking it out up. because you ain't yeah. gonna be getting anything new like any shows that comes like for instance um I know in September, first of September uh I'm looking forward to it um, uh Power Force Power Book Four Force. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a big power fan. That show is going to get released, but all the episodes were already filmed before the strike. Right. Um, right. 
But uh, may I ask who? What is Power Book Four about? Tommy. Is it Tommy? Tommy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Will this be the second season of his show? Second season of his show, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yep. So it's about Tommy. Uh. So uh. It, yeah. The first season was dope. Was was crazy. I gotta watch. But it. uh. But Tone, <laughs> what are you watching? What am I watching? Oh, so ironically, I just started oh, Quarterback, man. the Netflix series about yeah, Kirk yeah, Cousin, yeah. Marcus Mariota, and Patty. Yeah. And um. I've been kind of, I'm very, I'm a very strange individual. Don't ask me why, but I played, I just started playing semi-pro women's tackle football for the oh, Miami that's Fury. That's yes. dope. You see these guns here? I put them to use there once in a blue moon. So watching that, already playing this season, kind of just opened my mind and my heart so much for football a lot more football was actually my first love and then oh, I kind of just fell into basketball but mm. like I said playing this year and segueing back to the show oh my god I can't I don't even know what to say I'm just naturally an emotional person even when I watch basketball too so even like going back to the CETO conversation I'm that type of fan I am such an emotional fan before the X's and O's before what happens inside the lines. It's all emotion for me. I am the type of woman, a really good play is going to bring me to tears. I'm talking about tears like I'm at a funeral. Uh So just watching quarterback, especially, oh my God, a guy I used to love to make fun of is Kirk Cousins. But watching, and I'm only on like the third episode, but watching that show just gives you such a deep inside to what these athletes go through on a daily basis, what the, mentally physically emotionally either their families like i said their bodies i you're talking about I'm the quarterback qu- the quarterback yes. movie, uh, thing okay on, Series netflix. on I'm, netflix right i'm actually gonna watch episode after we're done with this so <laughs> you got to you got, got to it's to. so good and i i started getting high on patty ever since he i'm not even gonna say he won this super bowl and mind you they're gonna highlight the play i'm about to refer to this play he just spins out of a tackle and just like Oh, I don't even like a little. I don't even know what to call this kind of pass. Just a little pass that I think. Um, if it wasn't Kadarius Tony, um, something McKinnon for a touchdown, I fell in love with that dude. And like I said, just watching this show, watching how he goes about his day to day grind, how he interacts with um, his opponents, his team, him as a leader. Less, he's not even thirty years old yet. What is this? His fifth, sixth year in the league. It's amazing, but um, I'm not much of a TV head. I watch a lot of reruns, so for me to pick up something and I actually catch on to it, because it, it takes a lot to really invoke like my attention. It, it, to me, it's good. And like I said, from I'm only on the third episode. I think it's eight episodes in total. I can't wait till they, hopefully they do it for all positions. Um, more quarterbacks, like I, in my mind, I kept thinking, I'm like, I love too the dynamic that they have. They have Patty, who's winning on the highest level. They have Kirk, who's pretty much like a seasoned vet, but he's kind of been a little up and down. And they have mm-hmm. Marcus. You know, Marcus's career hasn't necessarily fared well so far. So I can't wait to see maybe they mix it up, have a Josh Allen, Geno Smith, you know, and maybe like, um, I don't know, Derek Carr. To me, that's another rerun of what they just did this season. And like I said, open it to other positions in the league. Like I said, that's a good one. I just finished Snowfall too recently. Finally watched the sixth season. Most of the time, I don't like to really follow the hype up a lot of these shows. I like to let the hype die down. I'll watch it two years, three years after it's finished filming and stuff. But 
that show right there. Oh my God, there's so many things you can take away from it. Wanda's a villain. Franklin is a villain. I just I don't even know where to turn. But I would say I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this, and I've said this before in spaces. Um, and I and I say this with all the love and respect to my mother who gave me life. <laughs> Women are evil. <laughs> I would have. I, I, I would. You would have got one to the head. And yes, yes, that is me, born rebel, <laughs> saying, saying that I would, I would have shot my mother. It would, it, it would have been just, just it would, it, I wouldn't, it would just would have been so, so quick. It's like instinct. It's like, can you imagine? Like, it, it would have been one of those things. Like, you know, if a bee, a bee sting you, and you just like, like slap, like trying to slap it away from you, it just would have been a just bomb. A reaction, react, reactionary. Like, like, I get it. Yeah. So, um, rebel, you have to see the bigger picture. Is that money turned that boy up? He was no longer the same man. For a long time. By the time season four came around, he was no longer the same boy she raised. So I think in the same breath, she was getting revenge for her ex-husband. She was kind of taking a stance on already what the CI did to taint her community and America itself. At the end of the day, it's I'm also going to teach you a lesson, Franklin. I don't know what hold this money has on you, but now you don't have anything. They ain't got your mama, you ain't got your family, and you damn sure ain't got Jeez. the money, boy. I guess she got what she wanted. I guess in the last scene, she got what she wanted. That's what she wanted. Yeah. No regrets. Sorry, mama. Sorry. Mm -mm. (laughs) Said, Mm -mm. I'm sorry, mama. Yeah. I never meant to hurt. It would have just been palm one shot. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Right between the eye. Boom. Sorry. You can't, you, um, but yeah. Um, KB, I know you, uh, I know, I know you had some questions about the, the strikes and stuff, but uh, yeah, what, what questions you had about the, the strikes and what's going well, on? Well, KB, um, tell us what you're watching first and how absolutely. stopping production is going to affect you now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. KB, you here? Uh-oh. I'm right here. That's all I, was, I, I, I missed it because it went in and out. But um, I actually had a question for you. Did you ask me a question? That's why I need to find out because I went in and out. No, well, no, no, I wanted just, to know yeah. what you were watching first before gotcha. your questions about the strike. Got you. So, um, what I am currently trying to catch up on is I know a lot of people aren't really a big fan of the old school movies, but I am Karate Kid. Um, I'm literally rewatching all of those movies. I'm on the third one right now. Gonna watch the one with Hillary Swank, I think, tomorrow. But I'm watching also getting back to watching Cobra Kai because I stopped watching it. Um, that's, oh, it's, no. it's, yeah. Wait, the older one or the one they have like a little kid one on Netflix or something like that. Yeah, that's the one I'm watching. I'm watching Cobra Kai, which is that one. But then I was watching the older flicks back from like the '80s that made Daniel Russo, you know, Larusso into what he was. But just watching Cobra Kai, I just I like that. And then also, I was going to say when you're talking about the strikes, in um, when it comes down to, I was already pissed because. I learned that the dude who's supposed to play as Blade, he ended up not being the main character anymore. So that, oh yeah, yeah, I heard he stepped down. Shala Ali, no, yeah, he, he stepped really? down. Really? Yeah, he stepped down. He said he he uh, no longer is the main character anymore. Wow. Wow. I don't know if that's because of the strike or whatnot, but I was pissed off when he said he wasn't going to be the main guy. I'm like, fuck. And he gives me that Wesley Snipes resemblance so much. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he would have nailed it. I don't know what other dude you can get that can do what 
Wesley Snipes did that that guy could not do. So that's why I don't know who they're gonna replace him with, but it better be good. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Because um, the only other person I can think of that knows martial arts like that on point is Jay White, and he's way too old for that. So ah, uh, good point, good point, good point. And he already did Spawn, so I don't know. Good point, yeah. good point. Um, yeah, we shall see how that um we'll plays see, we'll out. See how that, We'll see how that plays out, but yeah, this strike is gonna, it's gonna get, affect it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna affect a lot of stuff. How, uh, so my question with the strike is, how long do you think it's gonna go for the whole year, or will it stop? Will they compromise? Um, it's, yeah, oh man, it, that one's tough to predict, but because uh, you know we're talking about a lot of money, that's a what I'm lot saying, of money is on the yeah. table, but um. I it's one of those things where because of this whole thing with AI cuz one of the things that the act that the 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 union has an issue is with is the is against is that the studios wanted to work out a thing where they'll say hey we'll pay you for one day of work right whatever mm-hmm. that that rate will be and allow us to do like the AI body scan and like you know get your voice and all of that and we could be able to use it for as long as we want and you don't get any additional compensation for it so that one's rough you know that one's rough and um so it's so now you're kind of fighting against technology you know but the thing is you no one is going to fight for you you got to fight for yourself and um you know it's um yeah, it's 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 like, hey, uh, how much do they? How much are they willing to budge? Um, but the biggest thing is, um, you know, it's not just it's it's as long as there's solidarity, you know, uh, that's the biggest thing. Uh, but yeah, you have all the big actors from George Clooney, Brad Pitt, uh, all the big actors, Denzel. They're they're in solidarity. So um Yeah, Brad yeah. and Des De, how do you pronounce his name? Um, the young man from Snowfall, Frank, who plays Franklin's character. Oh, uh Damson um Idris. Oh my God. I think so. Um, Is it Idris? Yeah, I think it's Idris. I think so. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, Damsel just Idris. Yeah, they yeah. had a film they were working on as well, too, that I believe production stopped for. They didn't finish. Yeah. All I know is this. I'm glad that they finished Equalizer 3. At least I can enjoy that. Golly. <laughs> yeah, but but guess so, what? So so whatever that so let's say the strike is not going, let's say the strike it has not ended by the time that movie is released. You yeah. won't see Denzel doing any promo for it. You won't see them on the red I get carpet. It. Wow, yeah. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Look, I, I'll say this. It, it it might suck to say. I'm just glad the movie will be released. Of course. I, but you'll yeah. know about it. People like me, yeah. I didn't even know there was an Equalizer 3 coming out. I won't lie oh, to you. Oh, man. I was praying yeah. for it to hurry up. And it, and the, the best thing about it is, like, the, a lot of people are saying, I think Zen already knows this, is Denzel Washington did a movie by the name of Fireman with Dakota Fanning. And Dakota Fanning... Is actually man on fire, man on fire, man on fire. 
he thought it was a fireman. I'm like, I've never heard of that one. Yeah, yeah no, no, Dakota. <laughs> yeah, Dakota Fanning is actually in Equalizer Three, so that's yeah, okay. Yep. Cool. So they had a little chemistry before. Okay, I didn't yeah. even realize she was a man on fire. Okay. Just imagine you deal. You're you're working with someone who's like at the age of like nine years old. Now she's like I was just about to say that. About to be like twenty something years, years old. later. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it's amazing. That is pretty cool. That's pretty. That's cool. amazing. See, and that's the problem with Denzel not doing promotion because you just got me. You you got me to buy in with your little yeah. promo. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, hey, look, oh look, this is what I do. I always go on YouTube and look at like the movies that are coming out in the future. Coming but now up, when yeah. this yeah, that but now since the strike is happening, it's I don't know. I find it is being really yeah. disrespectful to the actors saying that we'll pay an AI to do the work for you. We don't need you anymore. It is. That's you know, weird to wow. me. Wow. That's weird. I can me. understand maybe if you want to say Blake break glass in case of emergency. You know, sometimes actors got to step out for personal issues and maybe or if an actor die like or if an actor die. Okay, that one's Paul so, Walker. The Paul, Paul Walker, Walker exactly. exactly. Paul Walker, that would have been perfect timing. You know, and maybe they can sign something on the contract. Hey, in your passing, we're allowed to do X, Y, and Z. But the rate that this world is going, trying so hard to put everything on technology. And again, going back to our previous conversation, we were to offline when we were talking about kind of like LeBron and his and his brand and this entity. I don't know. I just, I'm that type of person. My personality tends to be kind of balanced. I, I try to see things on all, all, all sides of the spectrum, but it's like as the big man, which um I feel like a lot of the actors, the writers and et cetera, et cetera, um, are alluding to is, Hollywood itself as the, I don't know, the roof. It's right. like at some point you have to budge, but at the same time, like even in mundane conversation, everyday day-to-day conversation, you know, we always question why, Oh, why does this business do this? Or why does this store do this? Or, you know, even our day-to-day jobs. I don't know if you guys work nine to fives. I work a nine to five, you know, there's mm-hmm. always an employee complaining, Oh, management does this or doesn't know how to do this or work effect and things of that nature. But when you're in those predicaments, when you're in those shoes, will you be able to remain this person that you're thinking you are now? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Do you make those same decisions to benefit everyone else, especially as far as the bottom line is concerned. Sometimes again, look, let's go. We can talk about that snowball at that snowfall episode, man, money is literally the root of all evil. When it comes Ooh, to this man. bottom line, a lot of people, you humanity has no place, has no bearing here. All, all I know is, is I'm accustomed to a certain lifestyle, a certain uh, amount of money that I'm getting uh, consistently. And I can't change that for the betterment of anyone else's but mine and my family and generations to come. And you'll right. be shocked yeah. to so many people who don't even think of their families and future generations. They literally are thinking of themselves. Do I have to give up the private jet tomorrow? Do I have to give up the Royals or can I not drive the Rolls Royce as often as I want to anymore? Or instead of 10 properties, oh my God, I can only have seven. That's unacceptable. You would be surprised. And like I said, let's all keep in mind, if you were there, can you promise yourself that you won't be that same person that we're complaining about. But I get it. Look, you guys make a lot of money. Like for me to hear that, I thought it was a joke. I thought maybe it was the least main characters are, that are getting these $3 residual checks. It's your stars, your right. main stars who put in a year's worth of work away from their families, um, losing themselves literally, emotionally, personally. For um, decades. I remember, for thank decades. You. Thank you. I remember, um, uh, I don't remember the gentleman's name. Um, Lakeith, 
Lakeith, and I don't remember his last name. Um, he's played in, I remember, oh, I wish I could remember. Um, one of those, you know, like back in the day type of um, pro-black movies. He's also played in this, I don't know, little funny comedy. I wish I could remember these names. The computer's sitting right in front of me. But um, he even um, admitted oh, one time. Stansfield, Lakeith Stansfield. Stansfield. Yeah. So he was in Judas and the Black Messiah. He was in Atlanta. He was in Sorry to Bother You. But he was on a Breakfast Club interview um, maybe about two years ago where he even admitted to needing therapy after the Judas role because he just couldn't get out of the mode, like being paranoid as an FBI informant, you know, things of that nature. And can, again, can you imagine this affects these people in their day-to-day -day lives they're making a commitment to this art yes they're in it for the money too but um i watched a leslie jones video and she she even said it too i didn't break into this industry to see the type of money i see now until i was 47 and she's only been making that money for the last 10 years half of her life was already done by the time she you know so what about the extras one of my favorite podcasters lovely t i'll give her a shout out She's been an extra. She's talked on um, the Compton movie. Oh my God, my mind is so gone. It's late, guys. But the Compton movie, uh, um, the documentary about NWA. She's she was an extra on set for seventeen hours. You're an extra. You're nobody. She had to be there seventeen hours for at least like two or three weeks. That's a lot. And for you guys to, you know, kind of push these people to the side, I understand at the same time, the business works like, okay, as a writer, you sell a script and that's it. So it makes me think, okay, what about in the real world? If I sell a piece of property, am I entitled to, you know, a piece of the property tax moving on for the rest of my life? No, I, I mean, I don't think that. But when it comes to something like this, these type of jobs, I think it's ridiculous that these people are eating for decades at a time. You're seeing, you're seeing billions and millions of dollars and you cut me a little million dollar check one time and you're just going to keep profiting off of my likeness. That's inexcusable. So, I mean, something has to give. And as we can see now, the state of the world and America as it is now, if you're not going to listen to my regular pleas and protests and outcries and, oh, a million signatures on a paper, we got to hit you where it hurts. And that's the bottom line. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself. That's it. That's the bottom line. And, um, you know, it, something does have to give. So. In solidarity with all the the yeah. writers in the strike uh, and the uh, yeah. and the actors and um, like I said, as a person who's pursuing screenwriting, um, they what they are fighting for now is something that I'm going to benefit from. So I'm in solidarity Amen. with them. Amen. And um, but yeah, I guess for me, what I'm watching, um, well, shit, I'm a little sad because on Wednesday. Is going to be the final episode of a show that I love, uh, Mayans MC. Anyone that knows me, Sons of Anarchy is my favorite show of all time. I'm not going to say it's the best show, but it was Sons of Anarchy was the first show that I really like. I guess it was like the first show that I real that really just stuck with me from an artistic level, and it was just like, man, that shit's dope and um so yeah it's a spinoff of that so that's the final episode um i've been watching i've been really trying to kill my watch list on the on like across the different platforms um been watching a lot of like the dc animated movies um 
on Paramount Plus. I've been watching like a lot of the old MTV challenges, which <laughs> those actually hold up like well. Like it's really interesting. Like even like they're the fun prizes, time time. like they're like like even like you watch like some of like the old challenges, and like some of the prizes for like the challenge would be like the um, the T-Mobile sidekick. Like oh shit, I haven't seen one of those in damn near twenty years. So it's like it's a it's a, it's one of the, it sure. do, it do, it never feels dated. Like it feels cool. Uh, so it's been a fun show to watch. Um, there's a new documentary on Will on Will Chamberlain that I want to watch on uh, Showtime. It's streaming, so I'm gonna probably watch that in the next couple of days. But um, but yeah, um, Rebel, I do have a question for you. Um, with this strike, are they allowed to, or will it lead to a lot more independent work? For instance, does this type of strike affect someone like Tyler Perry, who owns all his own studios? He damn owns and produces all his own scripts, his movies, and everything is just his name is on everything. Does it affect someone like him? Absolutely, because wow, okay, he's part of the he's still part of those guilds. Like he's okay. still part of the writers' guild. He's still part of the actors' guild. The actors that he hire um are a part of those guilds as well so it's just one of those things where those unions you just don't want to fuck up those unions and a person like tyler perry considering how he now owns or owns a majority stake in like vh1 and bet um it's like he he doesn't allegedly i'm not sure allegedly okay well he all of the actors that he hire are part of those unions. So gotcha. he, so okay. yeah, so it's just like, but this, like I said, this thing runs deep and it, it's not even just the actors. It's the, it's the catering companies that, that normally exactly. knows that, Hey, okay. So we know for the set of this movie uh, by 6am, they need to have their 80 bagels and yeah. they guess what? You're no longer selling 80 bagels, you know? So it, yep. it goes deep. Um, yeah. oh, and a lot of folks are out of it's work crazy. right now. I went to, I, let me tell you, I went to, um, I, when I lived in Maryland, I moved to Maryland when, or DC, when the, there was a government shutdown. It was the, when, and it was a ghost town. I could imagine how LA is. A lot wow. of folks are out of, a lot of folks are out of work. It's like a, yeah, it'd be like a ghost town, but uh, like you said, but you it know runs what? Deep. It runs deep. It runs deep. But uh, this was a fun one. This was a uh, this was a fun one. Uh, got definitely had some dope conversations on here. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Within the next uh, week, are we going to fill that fourteenth roster spot? We shall see. Um, but. Uh, yeah, thank you for everyone who uh, tuned in. Thank you for to Tone for um, for showing up and uh, holding it me. down. It's such a pleasure, and thank you so much for having me. It means so much to me, honestly. Oh, of course, of course. It, this is not a one-time thing, and um, definitely. And to uh, yeah, to our listeners, please um, like, subscribe, give us five stars, give us good ratings. All of that good stuff, it helps us grow. And um, we will see you. We will be back uh, next week uh, for episode three.
hockey. Um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, there's a chance that LeBron might go back to number six. Maybe he'll oh, go to number God. 11. I don't know. Uh, maybe, he wants to honor, <laughs> maybe he wants to honor Dennis. Maybe he wants to honor Dennis Rod. Maybe he wants to honor Dennis Rodman and wear 91. Who knows? We shall see. Oh man. But <laughs> hater. Your, Rebel is the hater, Kobe. guys. He's the definition of, of uh, a hater. Yes, I am. I, yep, exactly. Well, we are the purple and gold mines, and we are signing out. Talk to you soon.